Welcome, one and all, to the Maestro Movie Podcast with friends. Insert musical intro here. Oh, oh, hold on, guys, hold on. All right. Um, <laughs> on this episode, Chaos Walking is actually coming out. Snyder Cut, Black and Chrome. Wonder Woman is Santa now. Is Zack still frozen in the Cold War? Yes. All that and more. Oh, yeah, Peter's back. What's happening? I'm dancing. I'm swinging. I'm moving. <laughs> I can't wait to talk about that. That's going to be so great. Um. <laughs> I'm so ready for this. I'm, I got my entire costume on. It's really small. I haven't worn it in like a decade. Oh God! Oh Peter! Jeez! Take it <clears throat> Yeah. So Peter yeah. decided to join Alex in the tree tonight. So he got to see that entire domestic dispute that happened mm -hmm. on the third floor. Um, yes, there was a domestic dispute. It held off recording, and Peter and I were just watching it while he was suffocating in his Spider-Man suit, and I was just dancing. <laughs> All right. Um, hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> Damn it. No, don't go. don't go. We're not done yet. We're not done yet. Oh, we're not. Oh, do you want to restart? We're not done. We're not done. No, no, no. We're good. We're good. There we go. There we go. There we go. Thanks for having me back. I feel like this is the best movie to have you back in. Like, we had such an interesting, interesting and engaging conversation with Spider-Man 2. This is going to be just off the rails. This is going to be more off the rails than the last episode. I can feel it in my bones. Well, I told you off air, but um, this is the first one that I've written notes for. So... <laughs> I am I ready. Wait. I can't ready. wait. All right. Um, news. <laughs> this just in. Chaos Walking is actually coming out. <laughs> there is a trailer out right now, released by Lionsgate. Whoa. Let's go watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peter. It's the trailer. No, wait. The trailer or the movie? Because the movie's not out yet, Peter. I know that. I was talking about the trailer. Uh, I have seen the trailer, and I have heard the story about the very long and belated production of this movie. So once I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, I kind of get it. Yeah, it sounds like my birth. <laughs> oh, my God. What? what? Uh, do you want to restart? Sorry. Oh, want... Peter, no, we're not. No, we're not done yet. We're Are you sure? Start. Chris, we can restart any time, right? No. no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Peter. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, Chris, you gotta, you gotta introduce yourself. All right. Uh, Why? I, I'm <laughs> my name is in the title of the show. <laughs> I'm Chris Rose. Thank you for joining my podcast. Yes, uh, I've become um, uh, blonde hair, blue eyes. Um, exactly the image that I've always wanted to embody. Um, is that of a Nazi Barbie doll? Um, so... <laughs> what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
you have been nailed. Okay. All right. All right, guys. I gotta go. See you later. We're not done yet, Peter. We're not done yet. Okay. So yeah. Um, Walking. Uh, Chaos walking. Uh, Doug Lyman. So of course it's a troubled shoot. Um, I thought, but Doug Lyman produces good movies, though. He does. They just like have a hard time shooting them. Yeah, but the, I mean, Edge of Tomorrow worked out really well, and American Made worked out really well, and Swingers worked out really well, and uh, I think he's got another Tom Cruise movie lined up. I don't remember, but like, I don't know most of the problems with this. I completely forgot Doug Lyman was involved. I completely forgot about this movie in general. I thought it wasn't going to happen. I was also kind of <laughs> slightly confusing it with uh, the Uncharted Tom Holland movie that's coming out. Yes. Um, but once oh, I saw Uncharted, yeah, oh, yeah. So oh, for a while, like, so this was to you. Wait a second, did we start the movie? Oh yeah, no, we can no, start no, 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 when no. we talk about the no, movie. No, no. I got you. Yeah, we'll start, start... talk about it. We start when we talk about it. Okay. Um, about. like, so this movie was to you what New Mutants was to me. I didn't think New Mutants was ever coming out, like, especially with the whole like. Fox getting acquired by Disney. I thought they were just going to bury it. Never it. Like, it never did, man. It's all an illusion. That movie yeah. is not what it was when it started out. It is something completely <laughs> different. Don't even don't even call it New Mutants because I was excited for that. And then they just you you can't change the genre of the movie. Like when you finished the movie, you just have to go back and redo everything. And that's what they did. Stupid. It was always going to come out though. This one, I, this one, I didn't think. <laughs> I had a, a, there was a part of me that thought maybe it wasn't ever going to come out, or if it did, it would get like no real show of it. It wasn't even going to get a trailer. It was going to be like Serena or Joy. No, Serena, or like. Where it just comes out. Yeah. And it's like, hey, <laughs> the thing. Or at the or accidentally in love, like the Jake Gyllenhaal, uh, Jessica Biel movie just kind of like came out. Like no one ever talked about it. It was just like, hey, we're going to, here you go. It just, it's out now. Um, I always thought that, that's what was going to happen, but I, the fact that I saw a trailer for it, I was like, okay, they expect money out of this? All right. They put money into this. <laughs> oh, they expect it, but will they get it? No. I don't know. All right, Doug Lyman, you're up to bat, I guess. Like, I love you've pulled it off. You've pulled it off you got before. Doug on Let's here? see. Doug's on I here? mean, no. Oh, why would you say it like that, man? I'm gonna look and see what else he's done, just to make sure. I know a handful, but I don't uh, know. yeah, he Born did. Uh, oh yeah, he also did a uh, taxi driver. Uh, he did uh, broken. He did. Uh, let's see. Let's see here. He did Spider Man Two. Uh, um, looks like he did. I the, feel like Taxi Driver like was more movie. Uh, no, you're wrong. You're wrong. Uh, he also did um, another Spider Man movie. Uh, from like the seventies, but no one, right. no one watched it. Looks I like. Believe you for a second. Wait, oh, I mean, you know I don't believe you. I'm don't willing believe. to believe. 
Listen, I'm willing to believe that Doug Lemon directed Surfer Teen Confronts Fear, and we will get to that. Um, the next on his list here. Yep. Oh, you know what he did? Guys, guess what he did? What did oh, he do? He did Jumper. Oh, I love that get one. Out. Like get the, out. You know, it's the time. <laughs> uh, it's the time travel, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, uh, oh, it's the wrong one. Yeah. He did Jumper. He did Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which I like. And he did Looper. He uh, did not do Looper. <laughs> he did, no, do he did not do Looper. Those are the same movie, though. Yeah, so it doesn't, doesn't really matter. Uh, and then the underrated Go. I tell I tell everyone go watch Go. Go's good. Go go. Except for the Rangers. Rangers. Really good. <laughs> well, what else we got for for news here? I mean, I feel like it's been like at least a month. Wonder Just- Woman. Wonder Woman is now Santa, in that what? it will come out. What? Wonder Woman 1984 is coming out Christmas Day in theaters and on streaming. Why didn't it? Wait. What, what's Diplomacy. The year? What's the year? 2020. No, not this year. The year it's coming out. This year, 2020. Wait, it's 1984? Wonder nope, Woman 84, for God's sake, man. <laughs> Wait, so it's already out? It's a re-release? Nope. God. It's the title of the movie. Why are they? That's stupid. Why would they put the number, the t- the date in the title of a movie when it's not the well, date it comes the, out? It's the one thousand nine hundred eighty fourth Wonder Woman <laughs> Wonder Woman movie to have come out. Okay. Yeah. Like, oh, if you said it that way, I would have knew instantly. Good grief, man. Good, good call, Chris. Double down on the stupidity. That'll, that'll. <laughs> That's what I do. Two negatives make a positive, man. I'm just it's <laughs> simple math. Simple math. Quick math. I like it. <laughs> well, they gotta have it both ways. Diplomacy. Um, you graduated? Not what I meant. I you wish. Guys, do you guys see anything else coming out on streaming that was supposed to come out in theaters now? That this broke the mold. The Snyder Cut. That's always coming oh. out on. That was supposed always. to come out in the first. Pl- that never mind. <laughs> That's gonna be um, six hours. That's going to be six hours. Yeah, that's great. That's What's, just great. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I didn't really care <laughs> to look. I don't know. I, I, I really wanted to see Dune, but that got postponed like a while ago. Yeah. So the next, so literally 12 months from now. Oh, I was interested in that. No time um, to die. No Time to Die, Black Widow, I think. Yeah, Black Widow, of course. Really? They're finally doing it? For for what? What? What You know what? It would really suck. Like, if Wonder Woman... No, not Wonder Woman, sorry. If Black Widow... Same thing. If Black Widow... Oof. I think you should start over, dude. (laughs) Where's the music? Get the music. Come on. I'm I'm sold that that is the greatest anime intro of all time. Oh my okay. First of all, okay, I got I I absolutely got that vinyl. And it, that company that put it out, 
was supposed to have sent it on November 13th, but because of the coronavirus, they put on hold. I have no idea when I'm going to get it. And I just moved. So I changed my address, and hopefully they'll oh, know the address. But no, I am happy. We got that. I totally got Cowboy Bebop on vinyl. That soundtrack is amazing, dude. What Now, I'm, I, that is... For me, I love Fooly Cooly. That's my favorite anime. I don't watch a lot of anime. That's my favorite. The second would be Bebop. And I've wanted you to go back to this for some time. I completely forgot you wrote that you did. So how is it? No, no, no. I haven't gone back yet is what I was trying to say. I have but, not gone back yet. Why would you? Goddamn. Oh, my God, Chris. Oh, man. Oh, I so meant cool. to, and then crap came up. Okay. Um, crack? Wait, what came up? Crack? You're on crack? Yes, I am on what? crack. I'm, I'm very, what? I'm very desperate. I'm sorry, guys. Very I, uh, if you were on crack, you'd be up long enough to watch some TV as well. Why haven't you watched it? Ooh. <laughs> that's some. Uh, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me start over. Okay. <laughs> wow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's my favorite anime right there, man. Started, oh, thank you. We were getting because it was my idea. That's why he wanted to wanted me to turn it off. Oh man, I love it. So okay, so you decide you want to go to what? What turns you into wanting to watch it again? Okay, so right. somebody. Okay, so somebody did a video. Where they did a a Mandalorian version of uh, the Cowboy Bebop opening, and they played the, and they used that song, and they <laughs> recreated the shots with oh, the wow. Mandalorian. <laughs> Except it wasn't the, from the Mandalorian; it was from Boba Fett from the from the holiday special. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, it's animated. Yeah, that makes sense. Wait, why did you um, Mandalorian? And it was awesome. It was actually awesome. Um, and so I was like, that was a really kicker intro. Like, that... that was. And then, and then somebody did an essay on it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. My, my appetite's wet now. <laughs> Dude, Bebop's so good. Bebop's so good. Um, so, yeah. They... You guys are a bunch of weebs. Hey, I mean, hey, 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 hey. I, that's that. I take a fence to that. You built a fence to that? I built a fence to that out of a fence. Offense. <laughs> Wait, I'd be offense. You'd be defense. If you get on my case anymore, sir, I'm going to beat you in a match of fence. Now it's a case? A case? Yeah. No, like a like a case. Oh, like a new like a noir vember? Yeah, yeah. Right. Man, what kind of podcast is this? I know, right? I I, I we've done this for three years. I still don't know. All right. Um, I'll take the initiative then. I guess. Uh, the Snyder Cut released a tra- Zack Snyder released a trailer for the Snyder Cut, and it's black and white. And everybody's talking about could this be? Black and white. What? Black and chrome. Black and chrome? Like Mad Max Fury Road, my guy. 
Yeah, you never heard of that? Mad Max Fury Road? No. Well, the, the, of course that they made a black and white version of it. He hasn't even seen Ricky O. Yeah. You don't know me. You don't know me. You don't Maybe own me. I will say I'm this. not just one of your many toys. Wow. I could have had, oh, that was pretty good, Chris. Damn. No, it wasn't. Don't lie to me. Don't patronize no, me. That was pretty, that was pretty good. No, 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 no. No, I am no, no, no. not doing a musical piece for the Buttercast. Do you understand me? Oh, you are absolutely going to be doing the musical piece. Nope. <laughs> no, we already decided. You already signed it. So we Damn. already went to a part. You, you, had to, you had to get me in my sleep, huh? That's just Chris, here it is. Here's the story. Page one. You show up on scene. George Lucas is in the background, but you don't know it. He's got a hood covering up his head, but we, the audience, do. You sing the part. You sing with all your heart out. George Lucas, and he comes out, and he goes, that was amazing, and I found, I have a time machine, and I want to go back and put a character in Star Wars based off you, and I'm going to call him Han Solo. And then he will. And told Solo's going to be based off you, dude. And then everyone and then will get pissed. shoots you. Then, and then everybody will get, yeah, everybody will get pissed that it, was a, that it was a black guy who played Han Solo, and then they will kill me. Yes, that is exactly what will happen. No, no, well, you no, actually It'll change the game because Han Solo will be black, and then that will make people be okay and be okay with it better. And then when it comes in the to alternative the- timeline, yeah. And then years yeah. later, when yeah. they make it, it'll be actually you, the real person. You will be an extra in the new version of Star Wars when they start reenhancing with Disney because you can't change the history with Disney. We just can't do that. It just changes too many things. But you get to play the guy who says McCluskey when Han Solo shoots you. McClunky. <laughs> That's, that's really elaborate, man. I'm sure you're, you got that. You wrote, anyway. you wrote that down, right? I mean, it's not like we're recording this. No, we're not. We're not recording. Oh, we're oh, we're not. All right, cool. Yeah, let's start. Yeah, Spider Spider Man Three is really good. Um, hang on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. We need to start over. Hold on. Wait. What am I holding on to? Yeah. Uh. Oh. Uh, uh. You have no idea what this is from. No, I don't. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's Kong Sister Todd from the end of Evangelion. Sorry. Oh, dang it, dude! I've seen it. I've seen you know I've seen it all, but I just can't remember that. That's crazy. It's not as dynamic as the other songs. I'll be honest. Yeah. You better pull it a full. You better pull a fully coolie at some point. You wouldn't know it. It's just, okay if you don't. Yeah, I know. I've I've seen a bit of fully coolie, but like I've seen like. Maybe the first I four episodes, it. and then, like, we lost Cable. Only- <laughs> yeah. That sucks, because there's only six. I love it. I loved it. The, I just. I could definitely see why. I could definitely see why. Oh, um, God. It to me so much. That show's so good. But I, the, I remember watching it being like, this is what anime is? And then I remember watching a video on YouTube years later, and it's like, this is, like, the most unanime show. It's, like, the entire... Oh, it's a dude. Different style. And I was like... Oh, that explains it. But that's if you want thing. a good anime song, I'll play it right now for you. Hang on a second. It's really oh, good. Oh, God. Oh, dear God. I'm scared. So what we need to extrapolate here, everybody, the point that we need to get across to you is that Peter is 
infinitely more funny than I am. Gonna kill us all. What? Uh, that one was called Tears Falling with the Rain. Oh. Yeah, where, where it goes, never gonna give you up, never gonna let you down. Oh, yeah, from my favorite anime, um, 420 Blaze Runner. Yeah, 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 like, let you down, like, with the rain. Uh, and then it and then it goes into this interlude of, oh, give you up, oh, give you up, oh, never gonna give, never gonna give, give you up, oh, and then the never bridge. gonna give. 69, 69. Yeah, well, that, that's the third bridge. That's the third bridge. <laughs> this is a 40-minute song. Yeah, very odd to have three bridges. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the three bridge. Never mind. Um, I told you this was going to get off the rails. All right, hold on. If you well, want to no. restart, we can restart. It. No, we just did. Oh, wait, now, see, here's the thing. Well, <laughs> we just I think, did. You know <laughs> and I don't want to talk about Snyder because we're going to talk about Snyder later. All right, I'll initiate this then. I'll initiate something. I'll initiate. I'm a good initiator. So I saw uh, this clown the other day, and uh, he wasn't your ordinary clown, okay? Yeah, this it was me. guy, this guy, I kid you not, looked exactly like Chris. Oh yep. my god! No, it was me. Ex it was me. Exactly. Oh, I didn't. It, I, didn't put, I didn't put up any makeup. I didn't put on any wigs. I just went as myself, and honestly, the what was, clown. What was what was on your feet? Um, ingrown toenail. Oh my god! Wow, that's a big ingrown toenail. I don't really know how that works, but you yeah. should get that looked at because it looked exactly like a clown shoe. Yeah, what it, context? Yeah, it's a, it's a problem. What context Which, did you see this Chris Clown in? Uh, he was. I don't really want to. I shouldn't have brought it up. Yeah, you should have. You're gonna cry. No, talk about the crack house. Talk about the crack house. Go ahead. Okay, so this house had a bunch of cracks in it, and it's known as the crack house. And people get really, really disappointed when they show up to this place, and it's ah. not what they thought. I was thinking it was, I think it was a place of distribution of some sort of drug. I would think so. No, yeah, it is very... just a house full oh of cracks. God. It is a Swiss cheese of a house. Yeah, well, those are holes. Well. One could argue that they are circular cracks. Okay. <laughs> okay, that was a pretty good RKO. Out of nowhere. That they are circular cracks. <laughs> you mean spirals? What the fuck are you talking about? A circle. You don't know what a fucking circle is, dude? Holes, holes. You said Swiss, so holes are what I'm thinking. You said circular cracks. Those are spirals. No, they're not. Yeah, okay, what is a spiral then? A spiral is something that isn't connected to the other end. It's just a spiral. Whatever but it is. Is it a circular crack? Is it a crack that moves in a circular no, way? No, a circle, circular is circle, round. So it's just a bunch of circle cracks. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying here. They are holes, <laughs> like Swiss cheese, but they look identical to cracks. No, anyway. Oh, I got up to this house. God damn. I got up to this house and I was really disappointed. And that's the end of the story. I knew it. I, oh, God, I knew it was going to go nowhere. Well, 
On another note, I saw the latest Mandalorian episode. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that, yep, that, that, that's a game. That, that was a game changer. That one had a crack house. Yeah, school full of children. Yeah, that's uh, it's actually a darn shame. No, that's a school. I was talking about the. Did we not watch the same thing? I don't think yes, we watched we the same. No, we did. We did. Okay. Uh, yeah. What's her nut was in there. We were just talking about her in the other. On the other episode, totally forgot her name. I'm absolutely going to use what's her nut later in life. That's that is amazing. <laughs> well, it's trademark. It's trademark. So sorry. Oh no, thank you. I will. I will reference you every time I get a chance. But like, what's your nut? Um, that's great. What's her nut? What's like her nut? Yeah. What's what's her fit? What what's her name? Hashtag it. Her name is hashtag it. That seems derogatory. <laughs> What's her name? Help me out here. What is her name? Gina Carano, I think. Thank you. Gina Corona was in the last uh, Mandalorian <laughs> episode. Yes, and we were, just, we were just talking about her because it turns out um, that I, or that everyone was right about her being a little uh, off the rails. I, 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 Chris, did you do research on it or were you just like typing something out? No, uh, I was typing something else, but like, yeah, oh. I, 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 I did dig a little bit during the week, and yeah. Okay, so what did you find? What did you find? Everybody's saying the same thing. <laughs> well, what are they saying? Like, there, there's a petition, um, so like, that'll certainly get something done. Um, right, but like, what? But why is what I'm saying? It's specifically, what did you find? Or are you just lying to me? Ah! I'm not lying. Don't lie to me. Oh, yeah? You're not lying? <laughs> when you lie, your ingrown toenail turns red, and I can see it <laughs> through the window. That is gross. I love it. Yeah, it's like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, but with a clown shoe that looks... that, Or I guess it's an ingrown toenail that looks like a clown shoe. Yeah. Anyway, it um, uh, turns out that I guess she is somewhat transphobic. Am I correct? Yes. This is why I was asking, because I didn't want to... Okay. So, And she has this... Uh, she's in this group um, with far, far-right uh, conservative conservatives. And, yeah, it's just not getting any better for her. And, yeah, yeah I don't I know. Think, it's... I I, I think there's a thing that I have to ask myself when it comes to cancel culture is every situation involves context, and the context is very important. James Gunn, for example, is a prime example of someone who has a victim of theirs come forward with something, and that person has an opportunity to either apologize or step away or explain themselves in a way that can allow for their their future to be pleasant in some way. Either can they go outside to a supermarket and not get hassled, or can they work again within the career that they have? With a situation like this, I look at it and I think, is this person have different political beliefs? Yes. Are some of those beliefs in support of someone who actually creates uh, problems for other people, if not ruins other people's lives? Yes, but people voted, a lot of people voted for Trump. A lot of people are Republicans. He voiced the, the, he was the voice of a lot of people. That was the thing that we are still reckoning with. 
Uh, and that, I don't think someone deserves to lose jobs for. It depends on how they handle it. Are they going to work? Are they get a problem? Are they going on social media and starting fights and stuff like that? When you're Disney, you think about those things on a corporate level. But I think that there's an extra level when it comes to certain forms of either homophobia or racism, which is are you actively promoting ideas that put people's lives in danger, that get people bullied, that get people in trouble, that, you know, really hurt other people. Is that something that you support? Like, that's the thing that Rowling was pushing for, that people were hoping that she would backstep from, that she could explain her beliefs, but also say, I don't think people should, you know, go out and, like, try to change because that could cause problems. And she never said that. She just continues to push that belief. I don't know what Carano's beliefs are. Uh, I've never been the biggest fan um, in the sense that I just haven't really cared about her career. I, I've loved her performance in um, the movies I've seen her in. I've never thought of her as necessarily someone who actively takes me out of a movie or a performance is really bad. I think she has charisma, and I think she works in a lot of the roles they put her in. Um, with that said, you know, um, you as an actor, some people feel like they have the right to voice their opinions about certain things. So I would have to look into her as a person and be like, are you actively trying to give money and fund groups that are causing problems? Are you actively starting fights with people? Are you actively like being an asshole about your beliefs? Are you like going to these places and pushing dangerous ideas? If that's the case, then I don't want to support that person. And I don't want to see them in my art. And I do think that sucks. And I think you should look at look out for something like that. Um, and I think it's, it's like Disney is that still one of those companies that's like, um, this sucks. Like, why do we have to keep checking people? And it's like, well, you know, you should. These are problems. But like, it's also it's also in the person, the actor's hands. And most actors are still in that idea of just like, if I don't talk about it, maybe it'll go away. And in some cases. It can. I think Rosario Dawson has a better career and history and has like a better chance of walking away from this. Fans that have loved her ever since Rent in the 90s that are going to stand by her to a certain extent. That she can walk away from her things and have them swept under the rug maybe a little bit enough. Uh, again, I, I'm not checking into these things too much. I'm just talking about what, what the cre- what like the, the talk above the tree line is. I, I just These are things we're going to come up when people talk about yeah. When it comes to her, if she's actively pushing groups that are dangerous, then, like, that sucks. Like, really, you know, Disney's supposed to watch out for stuff like that. And when the conversation happens, I want to see how she responds. Because if it's either silence or, oh, shut up, guys, I can say what I want. Well, either that's charming or that's, you know, disingenuous. So I, right. I haven't cared too much to it. But how did the episode go other than that? Neither did I. Well, just to add, before we get into that, that episode, just to add sure. to what you said alex um i just uh looked her name up and it turns out within the last uh five minutes of you talking she was assassinated oh my god <laughs> so so i guess all of what you said doesn't matter anyway because she's dead oh my god. uh oh wow anyway the episode uh the episode is really fun um who chris do you know who directed that one Carl Weathers, Grief Card yeah. himself. Holy crap! Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was. A, it, was it was like a, a. It was a theme park ride episode. I think that's somebody put that. I think 
Somebody put it best where they said it was more of like a theme park like episode. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much like meat to the to the Oh, there I think there was some meat. <laughs> well, I just meant like for the plot and like the story. It was just kind of uh, I'm not talking about like the what was like an after credit scene at no, that, that episode because that ha- that had nothing to do with that episode it was just a shoehorn at the end which honestly that could have been like the b story of that, that whole episode which was kind of annoying to me at least i didn't dislike it i just there wasn't there wasn't much else to it i mean it was baby being cute and they put him in a little school and had him, they had him eat like space oreos it was pretty good yeah and then he uh, yeah and it was just uh, it was a heist it, it was like a heist blow up like yeah. sabotage episode okay cool um and and uh gina was in it yeah gina yes. right that's her name gina, gina, corona. gina corona corona uh yes um Dang. Star Wars fans, there are much angrier things to get mad about. That being said, midichlorians are back. Yeah, that was the after, that was the shoehorn after credit thing. Dude, Uh, that was smacked out in the middle of the episode. You didn't see that, that body in the tube and him talking about M count and all that. No, I'm talking about the baby's blood. Yeah, I'm talking about the after credit thing. Well, I guess I guess I wasn't thinking out loud. My, the thought is okay. So after that, you know, blah blah blah. Rest of the episode, and then that after credit scene where it was, um, uh, what's his nut? Mob, Grandmaster. What's his name? What the hell? Um, was it? Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon. Yeah, and he. It was just like a thirty seconds of him, like yes, we will prepare. To yes. find the baby, yeah, and then you see these what looks like death troopers in the background, and they look like they're plugged into the fucking wall or something. And yeah. my my thought process in my head um, was because I didn't say it out loud, so I sound like a complete idiot. Thirty seconds ago, you want to restart? Can we just restart? Oh no, no. Okay, yeah, let's just. Now that you're crying, I'm not really interested. Okay. Oh my god. Um. So okay. he. He kind of led the audience to assume that that was the that was the uh, um, what they were working on, like these new kind of death troopers. I could be wrong. That's just what I was assuming. And it'd be yeah. really interesting to have troopers before sensitive, like you know, death troopers. But I don't know. This is this is where I have the problem with things taking place in the past. Where it's like, okay, if that's the case, then what the fuck, like, what happened to them within, right now, in the time of, you know, the episode seven and blah, 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 whatever, whatever. I know there's a lot of time there, but, like, why wasn't, when you're world building, it gets kind of, it gets kind of hazy when you bring something up where it's like, oh, these might be force-sensitive, you know, death troopers or whatever, whatever you want to call them. But like, I'm. Why wouldn't that have been said? You know, in the earlier movies. Let's just be me being nitpicky. But like, it's it's one of those things where you're so tuned into the 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 current timeline, which is actually the past, where you like start to 
I don't know if I was if I was working on that, I'd get worried of like, you know, rewriting stuff and and potentially, you know, screwing things up or just like rewrite. All right, let's just rewrite, you know, the 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 prequels or the the sequels like episode seven and so on. Like, let's just forget about them or whatever. But yeah, not to reiterate what I said last week, I do. That is a problem that I have, too, which is that if you're not writing for the future, you're writing for the past, which means you're trying to, in, in some cases, rewrite history. But that is also the problem with any prequel story, regardless of whether we think that there's good intentions behind it or not. Um, people seem to like it, so there has to be some sort of genuine good there. But uh, uh, in this case, I would say the fine line between blur, like what's too far for you this this seems to be pushing it for you but like what would be too far pushing it in the mandalorian where they're just like breaking it? a realistic level like i know you're saying um, them doing like episode seven redoing it or something like that but yeah i mean that's like that's like the extreme i, I i'm trying not to exaggerate what's what's probably not going to happen but in in the next couple episodes of the mandalorian but I, I'm I am okay with something small like I don't even know if, if uh, the child counts as that because that's a pretty big fucking deal where it's like the the third you know being that is the same species as Yoda that we've seen ever at least on screen so it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things like okay where the where the fuck did like where did that go. The thing is 50 years old already. It's still a child because, you know, they age differently. They age more slower. But still, it, it that worries me. But you can maybe assume, okay, maybe Mando does drop it back off on the planet. And that's really it. That's as simple as the story goes. You know, it's an infinite, ever-expanding universe. That'd be like a cop-out for me. But I, I think legit pushing it would be you know, rewriting what a character would do. Like, let's say um, somehow they get Luke Skywalker back in there and he does something completely different that wouldn't set up for, you know, the next few years, whatever the movies are. And you're just like, okay, well, you clearly just, you know, I, I don't want it to turn into um, like, like the X-Men movies where it's just all convoluted and it Damn. just doesn't make any sense anymore. Like, I'm willing to sacrifice a few little things, especially, you know, the child, because that's that's a really big deal. And it's interesting. And I kind of my curiosity outweighs the my worry of, you know, how is this going to affect? But honestly, if they rewrite a few things, I wouldn't be terribly mad. (laughs) It depends on what they rewrite. (laughs) But I I doubt that's going to happen. If it does happen, it'll be a mistake. But. I don't know if Disney would, you know, do that in some TV show and not realize. There, there's this interesting thing that um, came up when I first heard about the show and the baby, and I was like, oh yeah, that's really cute, and I got a little jaded about it, and um, then I got HBO Max, and there's this thing that had shown up. It was around the time that I was watching a bunch of Kurosawa movies, and this thing kept showing up about um, a lone wolf and cub. And it was this series of, like, I guess, TV short films or maybe films or something. But, like, they kept, like, four episodes of, like, three-hour-long stories of this guy and a baby. And the guy was a samurai, and they'd go on all these samurai missions. 
And I never thought about it. I never got around to it because all these are the samurai things I did, and then I just went past it. I wanted to watch them. I still want to go back to them. And then someone told me about The Mandalorian, and it never came up until somebody else brought it up. And I was like, okay, you know, like, that's cool. Like the, this, It's referencing other things than just its own universe. It's just, There's a storytelling world that was, you know, has been around, and they're going to take some ideas from it, but wouldn't it be right. if you had like samurai figure with the baby walking around in this universe and they both brought something to the table one humanized the other one the other one you know is also an action hero like the more i thought about it i was like okay so my lack of knowledge can sense because like star wars in and of itself is like flash gordon like the the that's fine with me when someone quentin tarantino something but it, it uh, the Ouroboros, where the snake eats its own tail, that can cause the problems for sure. Yeah, it's. I, I don't. I don't think. I think I'm just overthinking it. But I, no. I, I worry sometimes, and it's. I gotta like pick my battles, especially with for being a Star Wars fan, an yeah. almost closeted Star Wars fan, where it's like, <laughs> where, where, let me pick my fucking battles more carefully here. Right. Um, yeah, it's as special as I can get. I also think it's a very interesting world that can do a lot. And yeah, it's it, you know, it got, you know, in a galaxy far, far away, blah blah blah, and it's just revolved around a fucking family for like seven episodes, seven movies. Like, oh my god. I mean, so, yeah. I Not just I they, they should have always done something like this. They should have always done a Boba Fett like bounty hunter like western-ish show in star wars even when they made the prequels they've always they always should have done something like this yeah just more world building that doesn't have to deal with like fan service and trying to tie things together to like the movies that are close to the timeline of whatever events are happening in the tv show i just it that that is when it gets hairy, and that's when I start getting concerned. Like, okay, just like if I know what you're trying to do, you're trying to do fan service, but like you, you're, if you just fuck it up, you're just ruining it for everyone. Yeah, no, I like them hairy. Oh, hey, man. God, there it goes. Hey, you, you do I mean, you, man. Chef, don't judge. Yeah, I am very hairy. It may not be. I may not have a lot of hair on my head, but I have a lot of hair on my back, my shoulders, my legs, lower mm -hmm. back. Knees and toes, knees and toes. <laughs> back, knee pits. I don't know, Chris. Do you have anything to add to the Mandalorian episode? Well, I, I, I want to talk about the Mandalorians being back. <laughs> besides, okay, okay. besides, besides well, that, I'm just I'm going to cut out of the. Well, he likes to get geeky about this stuff, so I I don't care about spoilers in this case. What do they bring to the table, if anything, new about the Mandalorians? Or are they just saying that the baby's got some jacked-up M's? The, okay, so it turns out, like, this episode, though it may feel like filler nonsense, um, like, we finally know exactly why... The Empire wants the child. It's so that they can create a like, and the the create the equivalent of like a super soldier serum, but with like the Force, which has yeah. been actually been done before in the old canon, and it didn't work out so well. Um, 
<laughs> so, like, now we know exactly why they want the baby, and it raises the stakes. And now they they planted a um, a tracking device oh, on the that's right. on the yeah. ship. So now they have established that Moff Gideon can show up at literally any point. And right. Could just and, uh, yeah, man. Come on, any point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Carl Weathers, I think, did a really good job um, directing. Um, it was still, and, yeah, I don't, I don't want to make it, sorry to interrupt you, but I just, I don't want people to think that I didn't like the fucking episode. I enjoyed the episode. <laughs> I just, right. like, it just, you some of it felt. To a conversation. What, what did you say? Yeah, you had a nitpick that led to a conversation. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the episode, and I thought it was very entertaining, and it right. wasn't like a real shoehorn kind of situation where they shoehorned the information. It was, it was like the super soldier kind of thing at the end. Like, that was a really big jump from the middle, and then Mando yep. learning, like, okay, there's, like, they need his blood? Like, what the fuck? And that was when they were trying to blow up this base, and they just so happened to find the little recording. Of it, yeah. of like the doctor, like we need his blood. See, go get the blood. I won't fail you, Moff. Okay, see, and then it ends. He's like, "What the hell?" Like that was pretty cool. It's a coincidence, but like that's the only base that's left. Um, oh, so yeah. What's the... they thought Moff Gideon was dead from the finale of the first episode? Yeah, because he crashed. But we, the audience, saw him get out of the Tie Fighter, but they didn't. The characters right. didn't. They they thought that until he now just up in front. And he uh, still has the dark saber, is I'm assuming, because nothing yep. happened after that. And that was seated in the previous episode when Mando met other Mandalorians, and she's like, "I need the dark saber. I am queen of Mandalore. I want to so, be queen." The thing to take away, Alex, and this is very important: John Favreau knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, man, and he is executing. This is interesting um, because he's never produced a television show and long story form of storytelling before. He, I mean, he, I, maybe he learned because he did have producer credit all the way through the first Avenger films. That's since, true. Uh, all the way up to the first Avengers movie. I, and I think maybe he had a little bit of say in what happened afterwards. I think he just had uh, executive producer credit while Whedon took over things. But so those first few films, I think he learned things in terms of how to do long form storytelling. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a nice idea. I I believe that. I buy it. Um. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Next episode will be directed by Dave Filoni, who has created Clone Wars and Rebels and Resistance, and it's going to be upwards of forty five minutes long. So what they they do, right? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we get Ahsoka. I can finally judge Rosario Dawson for her performance. I hope she knocks it out of the park. I'm expecting she'll suck, but you know what? That's how life goes sometimes. Oh yeah, I totally forgot about the Ahsoka thing. Whoa. I I like Rosario Dawson. I've never seen her in anything and thought she was necessarily bad. Um yeah. What's she been in? God, um, Ren. She was, she was in Daredevil. 
This is, this is, okay. Uh, All right. Yeah. Claire. Okay. Cool. Uh, like Night Nurse. Um, like a, Men a in Black, too. Men in Black. A God recognizing your saint. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Rent, I yeah. guess, even though that gives off mixed signals. Wait, did you just uh -huh. say well, no, no. Rent? Rent. Rent. She was in Rent the Musical and Rent the Movie. The Rent the Movie isn't great, and the musical is a classic. People I love see. Rent. Gotcha. She was from the original cast of that, but she's also in Kids from Harmony Corinne. She's been in, uh, yeah, a bunch of Kevin Smith movies. Yeah, she's been around for a while. You'll time. get your rent when you fix this damn door! <laughs> <laughs> um, she has wanted to play Ahsoka for years now. Now she's allegedly getting that chance. We'll see what she does. Allegedly. 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 Hopefully she won't get assassinated. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's so crazy. I said all that stuff and then it happened. I mean... Oh, you jinxed it. Don't say that type of thing anymore. I, about she's probably a very nice person. Not hey. anymore. She's dead. Star Wars uh, geeks out there listening. All me of you. Um... Maybe we'll get Ezra Bridger. Maybe Raul Coley was like trolling everybody else the whole time. Maybe we maybe they casted Sabine Wren. Maybe she's there too. Who knows? It's a whole thing. It's Who knows what they do? Maybe Freddie Prince Jr. will show up as freaking Kanan. No, as the Force Prince goes. Prince is dead. Prince is dead, dude. You didn't hear Freddie Prince that. Jr. Prince is Freddy dead. Jr. Yeah. Oh, Prince though dead. Yeah. yeah, Prince is dead. You're talking yeah. about the guy, the English dude, the one of the princes, the the prince. Uh, with, Ladies what's and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, what, what about him? What about oh, him? I forgot the quote. Ah. Ladies and gentlemen, to get to this thing called life. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, to get to this thing called life. Nailed it. Yeah. Like a hammer. Yeah, we need an organ. Let's go uh, crazy. Oh, I guess um, I mean, I don't know if if you want to keep talking about Star Wars, I'll gladly keep talking about Star Wars. But yeah, I mean, that's a, I'm exhausted. All right, I'm yeah, exhausted. It. So uh, uh, Alex and I started Twin Peaks. He has started it, but uh, I wanted to start it. I was gonna visit. Alex, you said you were a fan. You said you were a fan of Twin Peaks. Now he's telling me that you just started. You've got some explaining to do, man. You got you you have no, absolutely not. You need to explain yourself. Absolutely not. What are you talking about? 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 I I what I've explained myself as a fan, and I showed it to Peter because there's some ideas I think he'd be interested oh, in. Oh, okay. He said yeah. he said you guys started, and I'm like, wait. Alex didn't see Twin Peaks. No, no, no. I, I said I no. No, you can go back like 15 seconds ago, and I know I said it. I started it with Alex. Alex has already watched it, but we started it together. I said something like that. Either way. The hell is this? Hey, you're starting. There's no way you can connect to the screen like that. 
song it looks like uh what's her not uh gina corona just got uh resurrected <laughs> i love it hey she's alive yay she's back okay all right sweet uh, never mind okay. never mind just refresh the page again looks like she was shot again oh no um, it, I will, oh. yeah it looks like looper Looks like the uh, it's the same guy that um, that killed Prince. That's also oh, news. Opioids, okay. Opioids. Oh no! So opioids have snipers now. Oh no! It wasn't a sniper. It looks like it was just like a pistol or some run of the mill kind of thing. That's so crazy. That makes this less realistic and more scary. Wait, 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 wait. I want to test something. Can you play that the screaming guy one more time for like a second? Hold on. <laughs> I'm kidding. Oh, I really do like that song. Hold on. Okay. I, I like the. Okay, I'm gonna refresh the page now. Oh. I really hope it sounds good. All right, stop. stop. Uh, I'm refreshing now. She's alive! <laughs> oh, she got shot again. Same well, I'm throwing my phone on the couch. I'm not doing that again. Oh, I should have shut my mouth. I shouldn't have even said anything. Uh, this I'm is doing what, this, Chris. It's me doing this. This is what happens when you have an opinion, Alex. People fucking die. Man, that is a terrible cause and effect. Hmm. I should be more careful with my thoughts. I wonder if I think about that more. Ah, no! I don't know what that would do, honestly. I really don't know. Oh no, Peter! Sorry, sorry. I was just trying to get the costume off. I didn't get it off all the way. Okay, all right. Yeah, it's too tight. You need to really. I'm gonna have to cut that out of you. Yeah, that's you like, what she's. You look like Blake Lively's leg from The Shallows. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Blake Lively's leg. Oh, oh, oh. Wait. Oh, oh. No. Ew. <laughs> What not this? You don't you don't like what you see? I don't love it. Anyway, um, so yeah, we did Twin Peaks. We did Blue Velvet and then Twin Peaks. Yeah. Oh yeah, Blue Blue Velvet was first. That was quite the rodeo. Baby, what a fast! <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite movie with that phrase. Yeah. My favorite part of that movie was when um. Uh oh my God! What was his name? George? What the hell is his name? Gregory? Gregory? <laughs> Jeffrey? Yeah, Jeffrey was it? Jeffrey, yeah. Jeffrey, yeah, I got it. Took me three Good tries. Oh, so Jeff Jeffrey uh got kidnapped by um Frank Boot, and he he uh was I guess it wasn't like the desert, but it was the equivalent of that where he just like took him out in the middle of butt fuck nowhere some logging site and had his guys around him and they're like it's a clown car so you have like i get three at least three henchmen you have this woman who has been um raped multiple times uh who 
who Frank Booth has been, you know, molesting and raping. You have her in there. Then you also have a, a prostitute, I would assume. She was just yeah. in this. Yeah, it was like a it was a it was a prostitute house. Uh, and he just like took, <laughs> they just took one of the prostitutes with them for some reason in the in the previous scene. So you have all these people, okay? Um, you have the lady who who um, has been raped countless times by Frank Booth. She's in the car. She's freaking the fuck out. She doesn't know what's going on. And then you have Jeffrey and all the henchmen and Frank Booth outside of the car. Okay, they're playing this song, which is not. Mr. Sandman, it's just is it just Sandman? Dreamy, dreams. It's a, it's Blue Velvet. Yeah, 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 it is not, but they talk about oh, Sandman. Oh no, it was, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, I close my eyes and dream a dream. It's Roy Oberson, but it's called the Candy Colored Clown. They call the Sandman. Yeah, 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 so not the Mr. Sandman, the other Sandman song. Uh, and then oh. so he has his henchmen like pit holding him down okay frank puts a bunch of lipstick on him so it's just kissing him okay yeah. and this song is playing and then the prostitute the nameless prostitute sex worker comes out of the car and gets up on top of the car and just awkwardly dances like they're Garrett. not to the beat of the song not not whatsoever it's like she was listening to trap or something she was moving <laughs> like that <laughs> And this gently off. Yeah, it is just it just was not mixing. I don't know if that was on purpose, but that just that whole thing, like I, I had an out-of-body experience and I was just watching it. I was watching myself watch it. I'm like, whoa, this is some fever dream shit. Like honestly, just just describing that moment really poorly to you just now, it's just a fever dream. And that's what the rest of the movie was. But that was like the prime example for me. Where of just how to understand this movie, or it was just in, when you couldn't get any more weird when Frank Booth puts lipstick all over his face and starts aggressively kissing Jeffrey, then this sex worker comes out of the car and just starts like awkwardly dancing to the song that just it just doesn't fit. I believe the phrase when she got out of the car that you said was, oh, good, she, yeah, get away from here. And then I'm like, that's not what she's doing. You're like, what? And then she gets on the car and starts dancing, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, yeah, dude. People good people. <laughs> oh, and, oh, my God. Oh, and then the other part uh, that Alex really liked was, uh, <laughs> oh, my God, was when uh, – Towards the end, when Jeffrey, it's, I don't know, third act kind of thing. Jeffrey finds some shit, and he finds this guy who looks like he's alive, and he's standing there, and his brain is leaking out of his skull. And he's standing there. He's standing there. <laughs> yeah. And then there's this other guy who I thought was alive, because, like, the guy's just standing there, weird. And it... It uh, pans into the guy, the guy who's sitting down, who's tied up, who I thought was alive, and he was dead. And I'm like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> just, that's just the. Uh, he's I, dead. I like. I like it because the the moment is you when you see when he first walks into the room. Jeffrey walks into the room, and you don't see the room. You see his face, and you've seen so much fucked up shit in this movie that even Peter says out loud, "Oh my God, what what is he seeing?" 
And then the camera turns around and you see this guy in a chair with his hands bound and his head turned in a weird way with a gag in his mouth. And you see another guy standing there with a brain damage and he's just kind of leaking out of his brain with it exposed and the TV cracked next to it. And it's just making this weird humming sound. The lamp is weird and the room is all like lit oddly and it's just this weird frame. The camera doesn't move, it just lets you sit with that image. So you don't get to see everything clearly, you're just taking it all in. So when the camera cuts to the guy in the chair, you're like, oh, he's dead. Because it's the only <laughs> thought you catch because the movie's language is taking you there. That's how you that's how you know a good movie when you're watching it sometimes. You're like you see the exact same reaction in every other people because he is holding your hand at the right moments because everything is so weird. You need to know some certain things at certain points. And you're like, oh, my God, what is that? Is that yellow guy standing? What's wrong with him? And then it cuts to the guy in the chair. And you're like, oh, he's dead. That's all you need to know. And, that's, and then you're just like, uh, it's also an aggressive shot to the head. His entire brains have splattered in oh, the entire God. kitchen. Yeah, it's they, great. He went all out. And then right after it was almost back to back, we watched the first episode, which also works as like a movie in a way. Yeah, uh, it's like it's a pilot episode. Sorry, but it's movie length and that of Twin Peaks, the first episode, technically. And uh, <laughs> what was the oh, I know there was this guy, uh, Mike, I think was his name. It, it doesn't really matter what his name yeah. is. Yeah, but he yeah. pulls up because these other characters are talking and he's just being a douche. Like he's just being a proper douche dick bag. Okay. So and and <laughs> I'm, I usually, you know, talk during movies unless I, I'm in a movie theater, you know? So I annoy Alex quite often with my, with my words. And I usually, when it's, when a scene is quiet and no one's talking, I talk for them, like what they're thinking. <laughs> 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 uh and mike is basically being a real just a douche and this uh guy who works at a fucking uh gas station just like the clerk or whatever yeah he's he was quiet but like this guy is talking and he's being a dick and he's and i just i couldn't help myself and it, so i would imagine he would say god geez suck a dick jesus what are the what are those eyes cameras because his eyes were just giant lenses. They were just black. That you could tell he had. He should have blue eyes, but he had so much coke coursing through his bloodstream that it, his <laughs> eyes were just dilated, surpassed his his fucking uh, irises. It was just pupil. That's all it was. It was just pupil, like baby Yoda eyes. It was insane. What I loved about it was that. It was the timing of it, but also it was the ruthlessness of it. So, like, the character of Ed is being... They're, they're can, wait, can you guys hear me? Yes, I can hear you. <laughs> I, I was getting a phone call. I was getting a phone call. Uh, oh, okay. I was I, like, did he just die? I'm just going to stay quiet. <laughs> I thought I lost connection. Anyway. No, no, no. Um, just getting a phone call. It may get a phone call again. Um, so, like, it, it, watching these two guys sit there and take this guy's crap, like, they're like, he's like, where's this girl? And they're like, 
I don't know. And they're like, well, tell her to find me. And they're like, just calm down, dude. And then, like, it led to this point, And then Peter just, like, snapped back perfectly with, like, go suck a dick's, like, camera for eyes. He just nails how big his pupils are. The weirdness <laughs> of it took me back so much that I was like, it's the kind of insult that you get on the ride home. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, that's so, like, whatever, man. And then like when he's driving home, he's like, my eyes aren't that big. Shut up. Stop. <laughs> oh, and then any scene that he was in after that, yeah. after I said that, it was like, am I, do my eyes look like cameras to you? Like anytime yeah, you would interact with the character. Oh, it's so right. funny. I, it made me, it made me appreciate the power of a great comeback. Yeah, just like Kim Kardashian. What? Oh, she had, gosh. you know. Don't. Oh God, don't don't tell that joke. <laughs> we, we've all seen it. We all know it. Know what? What are you talking about? You I know thought... what? We've all seen it. We're all parts of Rec fans. Yeah. I've only I've only seen that clip though. That's all you oh, need to see. Like on wait, you no, watched I, it or you watched Parking Parks and Rec? I watched the clip that you are refer- referencing, but not the actual show. Well, I think it's better than the office. It, it was a single sex tape. It's not like a series of sex tapes. So, I see. yeah. So you just you said you just watched the sex tape. Oh my god! Oh my god! Stop. But yes, I did. <sighs> Anyway, uh, yeah, I was hooked. I was hooked off of that after that pilot episode. I haven't watched anything since. I've just been terribly busy. <laughs> but it's good. I did go on. I did go on. I'm in, on the third episode now watching the second one. Um, once they know it's a show, they've spliced in, from what I can tell, a couple of scenes from what was the original ending of the movie that they were going to do. Um, along with uh, along with like newer episodes that they are obviously getting towards the actual show, um, and things are like sharper, and you can tell like oh it's a show now we're making a show, so it's pretty it's getting a little bit better. But um, yeah, I love I love that show. I love it. It's a great fall show. It's a great fall show. Yeah, the jazz is really good. Mm-hmm. It's gonna get crazy. Gonna get crazy if it wasn't crazy already. Um, cool. Uh, oh, and then um, we got the another twins, Twin Peaks, Twin Peaks fan on the show. That's that's cool. Well, I don't know if I'm a fan yet. I like the show. Yeah, but I have to see more. You know, you got diehard fans. You're gonna call yourself a Twin Peaks fan. You gotta. It's like Star Wars, but just smaller and more niche and weirder. And better, much, much weirder. We we are more accepting with to whatever is thrown at us than I'd say some Star Wars fans. But for you, Chris, I rewatched Conspiracy Theory. Oh, really? <laughs> um, okay. You know what? I really like Conspiracy Theory. Okay. I do, and I stand okay. by it. Like I think Mel Gibson is really good. I, I think. Leo Roberts is really good. I think the cinematography is really good. I like the music, and um, it is weird, and it is creepy, and it is an odd movie, but it's good, man. I like it. Interesting. 
Yeah. I can barely remember job. even bringing that up on the show. Yeah, man. I fucking you. I did it just for fucking you, man. To shut you the fuck up. <laughs> nice. Get out of my fucking conspiracy theory. Actually, no. I think it's a good fall movie, and I wanted to rewatch it, and it worked. Like, Finding uh, Forrester movies that I want to rewatch, and that was one of them. The, uh, oh. government, the government's telling me not to get in people's faces, because that's how COVID is spread. So, I, uh... Exactly. exactly. I, don't know where you, I don't know where you're getting that from. Ask it up. Uh, oh, speaking of conspiracy theories, last night, uh, I had, uh this the, this kind of uh, research session with myself and it took me a few hours but i saw i was just on instagram just on my instagram explore page just you know flipping through the uh the memes and i see this one and that was uh, like screen recorded from tiktok and it was a news broadcast of some people protesting against mask wearing of course and he's like no 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 but wait but wait, and he's recording his TV, and I kid you not, fucking Abraham Lincoln is in that crowd. Legit. <laughs> and I'm like, what oh, the God. hell? And it wasn't those, it wasn't one of those videos where like, okay, that's clearly like a deep fake or something. It was so fucking real that I went and could, to this, I, I read his name on, on the screen recording, because the way TikTok works, if you download it, their their name kind of jumps or jumps from the corner of the screen like when your tv goes blank and it's just like the icon is just bouncing around the screen it's like that so i found his name went to his tiktok it's the only video on his account okay i'm searching through the fucking comments no one knows everyone's just buying into that this is actually abraham lincoln i'm like this can't actually be abraham lincoln right right yeah. right so then so then i went and I I did my best to to look up what protest this was because I could only get the information from the recording of the TV. Okay, so I I find it and it's some little thing in Iowa, I, I guess, and it's a protest against the governor uh, because the governor is now mandating masks. And they're like, you're restricting our, our rights, and this is tyranny, and they're all... Okay, so amongst all of that, like, weeding through all the bullshit, I'm trying to find the fucking Abraham Lincoln. It was the craziest scenario I've ever been in when I'm researching and trying to, like, it was some mystery, okay? It was, it was really weird. So of me getting angry, like, oh my fucking God, like, just wear the damn mask. It is not a chore. It's just a piece of cloth over your fucking face. It is not hard, okay? It's very soft. <laughs> so I'm seeing more pictures of it's like kids holding these signs where they're like, oh, you know, I have a chance of getting COVID like four in a million. It's like, okay, well, or, or dying. That's what it was. Dying four in, a, four in a million. I'm like, okay, well, if you still contract it, you're still, you know, able to get everyone else sick. And maybe those people aren't as healthy as you are. And they'll fucking die. People just, it's so self-centered. Meanwhile, I'm trying to find Abraham Lincoln. Okay? So, <laughs> so uh, one website didn't, didn't give me any more information of, of the, just the same video that I saw. So I was getting somewhere. I found the video that I saw um, that the guy was recording on TikTok. So I found that video, but it wasn't the same website um, that it initially started out on. 
So I was like, okay, this, so I, and then, and I fucking found it. I did more digging, basically, and I, I found the website, okay? I found it. And I get more information, basically just more of the same of what I was seeing. But then, but then there were, there were other angles of this Abraham Lincoln dude, other angles, and it was real. Okay. So I, I had three sources now showing the same video. I'm like, this can't be fake. Okay. So then I, I look up whatever city it was. Okay. That, that this, uh, this protest took place in because it was right outside of the governor's house. All these people congregating together without masks, refusing to wear masks outside of this poor man's house. So I find, I find that place and I basically, what I do is I look that place up and then I look up Abraham Lincoln lookalike. And you know what I fucking found? Wow. I fucking found him. him. You know what his name is? You know what his name is? What? Brian Jenkins. Okay. He is an Abraham Lincoln impersonator. And he tried running for Congress at one point in the early 2000s. And it wasn't working. So he tried again. But this time... His, uh, I guess his staff, the people that were helping him run, were like, you look a lot like Abraham Lincoln. So he was getting stopped, you know, just in the streets of like, hey, can I have your picture? You look like Abraham Lincoln. He's like, all right, yeah, okay. I guess I could coattail off of myself looking like Abraham Lincoln and then run for Congress. So what he oh. did when he signed up for, con- like, to to I, just run is he put Abraham Lincoln brian jenkins and he got arrested wow he got arrested like i'm finding all this stuff out and it took hours to fucking find this pointless pointless you probably lost all your listeners at this point okay (laughs) it was so satisfying and he had and i i looked on facebook i was looking up locations on facebook and looking up like little groups of people against the mask wearing just see if i can find him but he doesn't have a facebook he has one video on instagram and it's his tag is abe brian jenkins so abe brian jenkins all all in one no no uh underscore dot or anything but jenkins is j-e-n-k-i-n-s and he only has one video and he went on instagram live and he's blonde. So he dyes his hair and he dyes his beard to look like fucking... At this point, it's point. It's just pointless that he's doing this. He's just doing it to look like Abraham Lincoln. But honestly, if you looked like Abraham Lincoln, would you just... I, like, would you embrace it? I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I don't know. But again, he was at this protest recording it. And the best part was that he was recording the protest with his front camera, like the one that's on your screen. (laughs) Wow. It's like, okay, this might actually be Abraham Lincoln trying to, you know, blend in with the fucking crowd, which was, it was a funny comment. But I I found him and he has a YouTube as well. And there's only like five other comments on some of his videos where they're like, I found you from TikTok. Oh my God, I finally found you. (laughs) Oh my God. 
Like, I'm not the only one who is searching. The same mystery. <laughs> but they were all like from a couple days ago. So it was really late to the party, which kind of sucked. But I was like, oh my God, I, I have like a little community of people who are like fans of this conservative man who looks like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> you fucking little Nancy Drew. I love it. Dude. Yeah. After I watched. Blue Velvet and the pilot episode to Twin Peaks. I just had that in me. I just, I was just, I had that mystery thing. You know, I just, I, it's just gonna eat away at me if I didn't know. You know, I'd probably forget in a couple days if I didn't actually go look. But I don't know, worth it. Yeah. Worth my time. Per- Perverter mm-hmm. to check. Yeah. Anyway, that's it. I gotta go, guys. So uh, see ya. Uh, okay. Later. Um. Right. Okay. So. No, oh, Peter, don't go. I was eating a grape. Don't go. I would... <laughs> okay. Were you being fed the grape? Um... No. Yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I gotta get out of this tree. This is really uncomfortable. I'm gonna like go in this bush real quick no, and no, and do no, some. No, 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 no. Here. I what? The beanbag next to this branch. Get on this beanbag next to the no, branch. No, I'm right. like. Uh, I'm gonna rub this Peter. Peter, don't do it. You don't know who's been in that. Who's been in that? No, beanbag. it's it's not it's not like that. No, 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 I have to. I have to. Perfectly good beanbag. It only I have smells some like duties to take care of. Uh, you said duties. Look, some raccoons use it as a nest. That's okay. When they're not, it's a beanbag. So just chill. Let me rub your shoulders. Let me get you calm down. Let me rub your temples. Let me rub your temples. Let me mm-hmm. rub your temples. I'm gonna snap your neck a little. Now I'm gonna rub Ow, your temples. Stop. What the hell? Then, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Just chill out. I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna we'll... poop in this raccoon's nest if you don't let me go. That's that's uncool, man. They wouldn't like that. They take okay, that out on well, me. Well, I'm gonna get down from this tree. No, don't. I'm gonna do I'm some lonely. business. I'm lonely because of the pandemic. Oh, wait, you're doing business? Oh, I got a bucket up here if you gotta do business. It's too late. I, I got down from the tree. I'm just gonna go in this oh. bush real quick. Um, or, right, well, do you want it? Did you want to start talking about Spider-Man, or do you have any other news? Um, so in case everybody forgets, uh, Real Butter Buttercast. You can catch that whenever they upload. Oh um, yeah, my podcast. Yeah, Real Butter Buttercast. We just released our final Halloween episode uh, towards the end of November. Um, yeah, it's going strong, real fun one. We're talking about witch movies, not like which ones to talk about, but like real witch, like Blair Witch Project, The Witch. Um, uh, Stardust, Stardust, yeah, that was really epic. So, we go on this great extravaganza throughout the Theater Brothers Theater, and one of the characters turns out to might actually be a witch. I don't know, you're gonna have to find out. She's clearly casting spells and affecting the rest of the buttercast so I'm yeah i'm still waiting i'm still waiting for the subplot where alex the projectionist was actually a spy from the cia years ago and had his memory erased like jason Bourne. well don't fucking spoil the whole episode dude <laughs> god what the hell obviously i watched jason Bourne, and that's what i really think happened i mean he, he already spoiled it because he was trying to snap your neck so how would he know how to do that? Well, I don't he, know how. He didn't succeed. Well, I'm still here. I didn't get canceled. He's like a giraffe. He's got a very thick neck. Yeah, Alex. they used to call me uh, Giraffe the Thick Neck in middle school. <laughs> All right. Story of Ricky O.
Ricky, yo. Uh, anyway, you know, I, I legit have to take a dookie, so, like. Oh, God. Oh, dear God. All right. Um, well. Uh, oh, 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 no. Okay, so the bush. Oh, did I not mute? Hang on, let me, let me mute, and I'll, I'll actually be right back. Hey, Peter, there should be some toilet paper in that bush, so just use that. Where? Okay, thanks. Um, I'm, I'm going to mute myself right now. Okay. Um, I did not, I was not able to catch anything. I feel like I'm not going to be able to get any more dialogue into this episode, so I better get this done quick. So, um, I didn't really watch anything over the, over the week. Cause like work sucks. Um, so you know, here I am saying that, and Zach is working the job that he is. Because Zach was supposed to be on this episode, we were supposed to be for Vendetta, and then work came up for him, and that all just kind of threw everything off. So now, next time, I will talk about Black Ops Cold War. I promise. I, pro- I-, I will talk about it when Zach is on the show. We'll talk um, about it when Zach is on the show, yeah. Yeah. Um, that way he can answer all the questions that I have, and there are a lot. Alex, the only thing I will say right now... Um, the Call of Duty team who works on the Black Ops games, they know how to do, bra- like, brainwash trippy crap. Like, it's great. Um, oh. like, ah, never mind. I'll talk about it, uh, when, uh, Zach is on. When Zach, when Zach is back. Um, hashtag Zach is back. When Zach is back. Hashtag when Zach is back. Um, so... I didn't, so yeah, I really didn't catch anything besides tonight's movie. Um, but uh, before we jump into tonight's movie, though, I do have to, I did actually write something for, uh, for the, uh, before we uh, go into the movie here. Um, <clears throat> here we go. So, as of this recording, it is Thanksgiving week. It also somehow coincides with the three-year anniversary of the Meister Movie Podcast with friends. It's late. It was like back in October we, where we started. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we've been going for three years. Holy shit. Uh, dating back to, I think, October 2017? Oh, um, my God. Didn't know. I didn't know. I forgot our anniversary, Chris. I'm so, I feel so bad. Anyway, I was probably out. The prostitute. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, it uh, started when I put out a Facebook post asking for co-hosts. Fully prepared to do this show by myself because I have a low self-esteem. Uh, our so friend cool Tyler. That you had documented though. Um, yeah, I would have never known. But uh, our friend Tyler Rieger, congratulations, Tyler, on your engagement. Um, hi. Hope you're doing good. Um, he said yes. And we started with the Phantom Menace, where I forgot I, my audio was duplicated, and I just released it as is, which is exactly the kind of foot I would want to show, start the show on. Um, and then we did Star Wars. There was Travis. Travis, hi. Um, uh, and then finally, led to Alex and Zach. They stuck with me. For some reason, they decided to stick with me and the show, and it led to three years of riveting podcasting this year's been hell this year's been hell and there isn't a lot to find to be there isn't a lot to be thankful for 
But today I was challenged to find something that I was uh, thankful for this year. And you know what I have? I want to thank Peter for coming on the show for the series. Dude, you're always welcome back on until you decide to swallow the show into the Buttercast somehow. Um, I want to thank Tyler and Travis for helping me launch this beast. The door is always open for you guys to return. Just say the word and you're on. Um, I want to thank Alex and Zach for deciding to put up with me and help me carry out my original goal of expanding my knowledge in film. You guys have challenged me in every way, and I am better for it. It hasn't, it hasn't always been easy, and I know I've been difficult at times, especially during Clueless. God, I want to take that back. But um, no, it was I am great, truly, it was great I, am, I am truly grateful to have you both as my co-hosts and my friends. Um, and finally, I want to thank all of you for listening. All insert number of listeners here of you. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you enjoy the show. It's humbling to know that you enjoy this content. I know I don't upload consistently, and I'm sorry for that. I will get better. Again, thank you all for coming along with me on this journey. Here is to many more years of whatever life throws at us. Uh, cheers, everyone. Now, Alex, explain why you joined that Surfer fan page. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm back. Can oh, you guys wait. hear me? Can, can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. Uh, can you hear me? I'm covered in fish oil. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. That was a, that's an interesting poop if that's what it came out as. Uh, were you guys just quiet the entire time? Or, like, what were you talking about? No, it was, uh, he was, you know, pouring his heart and soul out with a pre-written announcement of our anniversary and thanking us and thanking you for coming on the show. It was moving. And, Chris... Uh, thank you so much. You know what? Best best three years of my life, man. Best three years. I'm so happy, you. Like, I, I didn't got... hear a single mi- second of it. Yep, you missed all of it. Uh, I, I, but I gotta say, Chris, that I I love it. Love being on, dude. Love being here with you. I love that I've showed you some of the weirdest things. We went from working in the theater together and you not seeing so many films and me being so interested in that to sitting down and like. It's not just about showing you films anymore. Now it's you and I spinning a meal with you, Zach, and I spinning a wheel every week and just discovering something new or rediscovering something new and just watch it. Like, it's awesome. I love it. It's, not, it's, it's just I look forward to it every week. And some weeks when we don't look forward to it, it almost always leads to two weeks later or a week later us finding something because, like, I, I, I love it. There have been times where I know you and I and even Zach are like, why are we kind of doing this? Let's take a break for a bit. But then, like, there have been times where it's just been so great. It's just like the there have been so the back and forth this year of the last few episodes has been crazy. So we've been all over the board just in this year alone. It's insane. The fact that I've got you to see Love on a Leash, Riccio, the fact that we saw Paprika, like... I, I, it's been so great. You saw Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, dude. Yeah, you helped me hide a body, dude. Like, you've, you've <laughs> grown as a person so much. Huh? What? Wait a second, what? I forgot about that. <laughs> so, sorry, I, I can't I can't really hear very well. I'm covered in fish oil. I don't think I made that clear. I'm covered in dude. fish oil. Uh, first, I'm really interested in how you came out of a poop covered in fish oil. I really am. But the body is like, what? You guys buried what? <laughs> yeah, so, um... Anyway. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, 
Alex, how did you? Why did you join that surfer Facebook fan page? Wait, what? What the hell? I want the. I want the most. I want the immediate first news, the immediate moment that that news shows. I want an icon with an F on my phone to show up at my most depressed moment, and I want it to say "Surfer Teen Confronts Fear." And I want to click it. I want it to say "Surfer Teen Confronts Fear" coming on Tubi next month. Are you having and a stroke? I would be like, yes, yes, please, yes, sir. Wait, wait yes, would, you are having a stroke. No, yes, sir, is what I would say. Oh, yes, dude, sir. Make signals, dude. Yes, sir. No. Okay, raise your left hand slightly above your ear if you have if you're having a stroke. I can't see. And you. I would put, and I would put headphones on. To be sure about this information, I would cover all sound. I put headphones out, put my hands up against my head, both my hands, Wait. indicate where the headphones look like, and then I would, uh, I would just cancel all sound out, and I would look this information. And I'd be like, yes, 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 sir, yes. No, Chris, I, I joined it because absolutely, I want to know the moment that thing is streaming. <laughs> I don't care who's on there. I'm not going to have multiple conversations, although obviously I'm going to have multiple conversations with people on there. But I absolutely want to know <laughs> the, moment, the moment that thing is streaming. I want to know the moment. I, wa I made a fair – someone was like, he, like um, he just knows the power of streaming. He's just waiting for it to be in theaters. I'm like, no, no, no. If there's anything I learned from Love on a Leash, it's that nobody knew about Love on a Leash until Ralph the Movie Maker did something about it. Then everyone knew. And then there are theaters that started playing it, and then people would go see the theaters. I understand he wants a room-like thing, but we're post-room now. Room doesn't happen if you try to manipulate it that way. Get your audience now. And then when people go back to the movies, the one movies that they're going to be seeing the most are going to be like midnight movies. Those are the best group experience type movies to ever see. It's midnight. You're drinking. You're with your friends. You're throwing spoons. You're dancing. It's Rocky Horror. It's Not like anymore. this is the movie. You, like, that's my point. When theaters come back, when people can go into group settings again, theaters yeah, will come back. back. They'll be for... They'll, they won't be for everybody. They won't be big. They won't be a popular thing that people do anymore. They'll be niche. They will be for moviegoers. They will be like what Chris and I went to at the Heights, or probably the one that will be surviving the most and longest, Alamo Drafthouse. Movies like that that were already showing old movies, that were already making event nights for the theaters, who know how to play in that sort of stuff. When people can go to theaters again, which sadly there won't be as many around, when people can go, midnight movies are the ones that people will want to go to just as much as blockbusters, just as much as horror movies, just as much as everything else. Th these are the experiences that, that people remember the most, that, who, who love movies. It's a cinephile thing I'm talking about more than anything else. That's where theaters are going to go to. They're going to go to the niche. But Chris and I have seen this in the theater. We know what kind of experience you can get out of it. It's a classic. It's a good one. You need to get your audience now so that people can do this in their homes now. Let people watch this in their homes. He understands that there's a midnight crowd. And then he's like, I also understand this is for families. I read the article in the interview. He's like, I get that people get this ironically. But then there are people who also see it as the Christian film that it is. But it's also a bad film in an interesting <laughs> way. That's like it's fun to watch the group of people. Build your community. Neil Breen understands that. Like Neil Breen has produced like eight other films because of it. This guy can make other movies. Like, 
get his messages out there. I don't care what his message is as long as it's not detrimental to society in a like obvious, disgusting way. So I want him to make more films. I want him to get more money now. Like it may have taken him forever and he may be proud of this thing. And it is, it is a masterpiece in my opinion, but I want to know the moment it's out so I can tell people about it. And I, and I'm the kind of guy who will watch this stuff at home. I watch food fight at home alone. I watch love on the leash at home alone. I watch the room plan nine. I love bad movies. Do you watch home alone? Home alone? Home Alone, absolutely. Home Alone 2, yes. Home Alone 3, I don't know. That's a franchise wheel possibility. I would say uh, that for me, (laughs) uh, bad movies are still interesting watches for how they are made. They still blow my mind. I'm still in my room alone talking to the TV like I'm uh, uh, talking to myself. I'm working it out. That is my mystery. How did a movie, why did they make these decisions? What's going on? Why were these things created where they are? That's what my puzzle box is at home. Like my sister loves to make puzzles or work with puzzles, and I'm the same way. I know my dad loves to do um, crosswords and things like that. It's it, it I, that's what it is for movies for me. And I, 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 I just want people. I want more people to see this, man. It's so good. It was such a good find, Chris. It's brilliant. I want people to see it. It's got so many quotes. It's so memeable. It's amazing. I wasn't meant to feel. I am an Iron Maiden of pain. What? Peter, you need to see this. (laughs) You need to see it to believe it. I want the soundtrack on vinyl to get people out of my house at the end of parties. I I need this movie to have... It's that bad? It's that bad. bad. It's amazing. Oh, God, it's so bad. It's so bad. I that why do you think it that is the answer to my question? That it's it's I need to know when this movie's out there so that I can answer the question to is it that bad? It is that bad. We watched it in the theater and we all loved it. It was amazing. I got I don't understand it. The, the, if it was not if we weren't in a quarantine, I get his logic. Tour more, people are going to theaters more. I get it, but we're in a quarantine. Build your audience at home. Like, absolutely. People now, will talk. They will spread the word. Uh, yeah, so... Again, thank you, everybody. That was uh, exactly what I was expecting to hear. Um, <laughs> oh, so, oh, we're done? We're done? No, 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 no. Don't no. no, go. Gentlemen. You guys smell fish? Fish story. Really? No, but we don't live near a lake. Yes. <laughs> Woo! Um, so I guess now we should uh talk about um Spider Man three, I huh? Know. I don't know if I'm ready, dude. <laughs> Let me finish pooping and then we can start. Get out of that bush, the neighbors are watching now. Oh, I don't I'm care. So I'm not. I'm not poop shy. Oh my gosh, Chris. He's just. I'm so. Peter. I'm, Peter. I'm gonna. Uh, wait. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we're starting the movie. Um. So, Alex, it's been three years. Oh dang! The the audio's on. That's great. I forgot to do the television. Um, you idiot! Start over. Hold on. We're gonna have. To I threw. I threw my. Fo- I threw my phone away. Okay, you're gonna have to deal with it. Um. The gag. 
Jags over. We overplayed it. I dig it. I dig it. Unless you want to Rick Willis again. I dig it. Um, what so... do you mean? Those tears falling with the rain. <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Tears falling with the rain. Yeah. Columbia. A Sony Pictures Entertainment Company. I'm also watching the movie. I have it on my phone here as I'm taking I a see. poop. Gotcha. I usually um, watch Spider-Man 1 when I'm taking a poop, but I'll I'll make an exception and watch Spider-Man 3 while I'm taking a poop. Okay. Um, yeah. It's great responsibility. I understand. So, Alex, we got from... We went from one of the best comic book movies of all time to here. How did we get here? How did this get made? Well... Okay. Um, uh, so, so <laughs> second movie went right back to work with this one, and um, he already had a big task, which is that he wanted to complete the movie as a, the movie series as a trilogy, and he wanted to end the story focusing a lot on Parker, Peter Parker, Mary Jane, and Harry as much as possible, and in the process he started getting really interested in this character, Sandman, and how he could work him in both visually and how he could um, connect him to the world of Peter. And um, <clears throat> it would have been two uh, interesting villains. And that was the initial process of it, and he did a lot of work on that. And then the studio pulled him in and told him, basically, through as many Pretty means early on, too. Yeah, well... He started, he basically, like the second movie, he started the third movie right away. And he'd already, like, the moment he was done, he was starting processes on how he wanted to tell the story and where he wanted to take it. And Venom is what the studio told him that he needed to add to his movie no matter what. So the thing about Raimi is that he was just already on the train. And they started imposing this idea on him. And it, the thing is, is that he just felt that he didn't have a choice. And he didn't relate to the character as well as yeah. the other ones because was... exactly he didn't know it, and he really didn't have a choice. They're like, "We should do Venom," and he's like, "I don't really know the character." They're like, "No, we should do Venom," and he's like, "Oh, okay." But and I go go ahead. I I've, I've got way too much to say anyway. So just go ahead. Well, I'm just talking. I just want to talk about like the production of it because usually when we do franchises i don't really get into that element until we get into the movie and the decisions we're just talking about how sam raimi got to this point of making uh one film to the next like he didn't make any movies in between he literally started right again and then the studio imposed this idea so he the biggest thing is walking into this movie is that he is trying to juggle too many plates it's an obvious problem and we all see it and whatever we take from the movie that's the first thing that even he admits walking into it. And whatever answer you think solves that problem comes from the element of watching the movie. But that is what we walk into. That is what he walked into it. Same crew, uh, Bill Pope, everything was pretty much the same. Um, it just took an extra year because there was a lot. The, they went uh, estimated $100 million over budget. And yeah. it was oh, a lot. At least. Um, it was a lot. Uh, it was that's, a lot of money. That's, that's how Sam Raimi was walking into this. He had an idea that was working really well. He was hearing the song. He heard the music in his head. He had a melody. And then someone said, hey, come on. Um, 
we need you absolutely to add an electric guitar into here. And he's like, oh, man, but I'm writing like a slow, melodic, you know, synth jam. And they're like, yeah. No, electric guitar, now. Exactly. And he was like, all right. And he did want. the best he could. He did the best he could. And I honestly think that's here. Watching it, for me, uh, just to get my opinion out of the way, real quick, I started watching it and I was nitpicking it like I have been for years. And I was realizing, like, for a lot of people that I've watched review this movie for years, I was attacking the cheese the way that people would attack the cheese in the second one that I thought was a bit unfair. And then I got halfway through the movie and I paused it. And all the nitpicks were adding up in my head and I was, like, starting to solve them. I was like, okay, okay, no, this kind of works. This kind of maps out. This kind of works. I see where this is coming from. And then I was like, that's because I have the time to pause this and see where everything is because there's just too much goddamn going on. By the end yeah. of the film, I, I was, like, frustrated. It's not, it's not great. It's not bad. And it doesn't even frustrate me that this is the third film in this trilogy. It's just a frustrating And I feel for him. I do. But... I kind of have my own answers about how I would want to approach it differently that I feel like they did incorrectly. But um, I also start, I'm starting to realize other things that I get from it. But for, first and foremost, I was not turned off by the cheese. I actually feel like all the cheesy moments, even him acting the way he does, comes from an earnest place and an understanding of what the storytelling should be. But they're not fleshed out. In the third act, as great as it is in a lot of ways, doesn't affect me the way I think it should have or has for other people because I just, they're making big judge, big judge, big jump, big jumps in character decisions <laughs> and not following through on their development that uh, it bothers me a little. But I do think um, the one thing that I felt for the first time I watched this to this day is that the action is thrilling. The action is very thrilling. And the mm -hmm. set pieces... They build the whole construction site. I remember at the time this came out, people were like, it's all CGI. And now I realize, no, no. Avengers is an entire room filled with green that they added in digitally later. No, they built sets here. They actually have some grounded material here. And that's what people took for granted, that CGI could do. And yes, there are some weird CGI moments in that first like James Franco fight, but... It is a very interesting fight. By the end of it, by the time he's getting smashed through the building and reaching for the ring, I was like, I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. And I liked it. But frustrating. That would probably be my point, first off. I'll get into other points, but I want you guys to go for it first. All right, Peter. You want, you want, to go, you want me to go first or you want to go first? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't trust myself. You can go first. Okay. <laughs> I don't hate this movie. Like, it's not great, but it's great for all the wrong reasons. Like, I text Alex. I don't know if you got my message, like my message before I was messaging you and Peter about getting ready to record. But I was like, this is this film is great for every wrong reason, and like. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I'm going to get the, the obvious out of the way. It's like, <clears throat> I should have just done like, uh, in the first episode, I should have just done like a blanket statement of J.K. Simmons and J. Jonah Jameson. Still great. Um, the whole bit with the little girl on the camera, 
That was funny. Um, oh my god, dude, so good. Um, <laughs> Elizabeth, I think Elizabeth uh, Banks held her own in that first scene with the um, intercom. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yes, dude. Funny. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Not that one. <laughs> that is great. Um, everybody does well, of course. Um, they've been in this. They've been in these roles since 2002. Um, they settled in for the most part. Um, Sandman is pretty good. Um, I really like. I really like I really like Sandman. Um, here's the thing. Okay, I'm. This is where get, this is where I'm gonna get into the weeds. Emo Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Did not hate it. In fact, in fact, given how much crap he's taken throughout all, throughout the last two movies, and including this movie, sure, why not? He's earned it. He's earned being an asshole. I don't care. <laughs> like, it just felt... It actually just, like, felt good. Kind of, in a weird way. That he's getting back. And these people. Until they snap you right out of it. When he backhands Mary Jane in the in the jazz bar. Like, yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh. Like, they, act, they actually did that. Like... Oh man, like that's what it took to step him out of it. Um, like the whole dance number with uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, who will become Spider Gwen, um, in a Spider Verse. I'm kidding. Um, so that'd be cool. That would be cool. Um, I love Bryce Dallas Howard. I think she's had a rough career ever since she came onto the scene in the Village, which she's very good in, despite the people. I. I think the romance angle of the village is really good. Walking Phoenix is in them evil. People, people need to reevaluate the village. Um, she's bad in Lady in the Water. No, I wouldn't say she's bad, but Lady in the Water is terrible. Terrible. Mm, the Jurassic Film. She's just had a rough career, man. She's Jessica Chastain has taken a lot of her roles, man. Here's my nitpick. Of course, she's a model slash actress. Of course, like. Almost okay. There are wait, wait what? There are three what important. Wo- there are three important women. In okay, spread it. for the PS4 kind of ruined me because I think that's the best Mary Jane because she's actually a reporter, actually doing stuff. But like in this universe, she's like an actress, and like sure she has agency of what of like who she chooses to like um. Who she chooses to date and all that, and she's like. They do a very good job of ha- of having her earn that choice, but like besides that, it's like every it's almost like every woman in Peter Parker's life is a damsel in distress. In those in those early stories, yeah, like they didn't even have dude around that time. Like they only had one female superhero movie, and it was Elektra. Like. The idea was very foreign to them about that. Certainly putting it on the big screen. But in terms of this film, I think it's mostly because if you give Gwen more than just a damsel in distress story, then it becomes even more complicated. And the only reason she's there is to involve the world of Eddie Brock. 
Eddie Brock Jr.'s entire story and world with the commissioner and her and being a photographer and getting special powers and getting a special suit that's actually this Venom thing. He's the mirror image of Peter Parker. And his story carries the whole ego trip that it matches very well with Peter's ego trip thing. But Peter's also got this other story about taking his actions too far and going for revenge and using his power and like going like you can add some ego stuff there. But like it works better with the Venom stuff. So like since there's three different movies going on, I think the Venom stuff works works well and has elements there that work. And I think the Sandman stuff is excellent. And Franco gets the short shift. Frank, yeah. like High Top Films points it out really well. That's the thing I didn't realize. I was like, yeah, dude, Franco does. And it's because Franco's doing a good job. I really like Franco in this. But as a character, yeah, he gets the short shift for sure. They have to put yeah. him in a coma because they have to make room for Venom, and it sucks. That, I now that now. That really got me going. <laughs> um, that got me. That that got me going because like. He attacks Peter. He gets. He takes a bad. He takes a bad fall. He goes into the hospital, and then turns out he has memory loss, and then yeah. he disappears. Yeah, for I mean, that, that, that kind of thing happened with Sandman throughout throughout the movie. If Peter's or Peter as Spider Man is fighting him. Um, and kind of gets rid of him for a little while, so then Harry can come back into the movie, and that Venom can get introduced a little bit more. Like there, it's like a tag team situation. They're tapping in, so the other, or the tapping out, so the next person can tap back in for more character development. It's it. There's no way in hell that they could have incorporated these characters so f- fluidly together in this reality that I'm talking about so well, like it's, it's impossible. It's just how they were writing the script as they were making the fucking movie. And they were rewriting stuff as they were shooting the movie. Like there was no way in hell it could have turned out any better than what we got. Here's the thing. I think they had a good start. I really do. Like the first part of it, even, even every story I think has a good start. Even if, Franco, even if the story of Franco was that he was attacking Peter and then they fight and then he hits his head and he gets knocked out and he goes to the hospital and then he has what Peter thinks to be memory loss. But then, like, he just starts fucking with Peter because we don't know he's taken the serum and he actually has uh, the ability to survive an event like that. And then all of a sudden he starts playing games with Peter and then we start to realize that he's been hearing the voice of his father for some time now. Like, there's no development about that. So that's what sucks. But, like, that's a good start to that story. Great start for Sandman as just a normal Sam Raimi villain for day one. Like, his creation is amazing. I really like Thomas Hayden Church as a silent actor. Like, he he had just been on Wings. That was his most popular thing. Then he did George of the Jungle as the villain in those movies. And then oh, yeah. He, he had just got nominated for an Oscar for Sideways, and people were like, Thomas Hayden Church is pretty good. And he is. He's great in other movies. Killer Joe. God, I love Thomas Hayden Church. But in this, it really highlights what he can do silently, just like what I loved about what Raimi saw in Tobey Maguire in this Spider-Man. Because this Spider-Man doesn't quit. When he's just doing things, he's silent. The whole fight between him and uh, 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 Harry at the beginning is silent. When he saves Gwen, he's silent. It's just like, I love it. I don't need him to quit. That's why I kind of feel weird about the ending. 
with him and Harry quipping, if they if they had more back and forth throughout the movie, I would appreciate that quipping mm. more. But I did like them fighting together. It was great. I did I did swell up a little bit. Just nothing is fleshed out. Nothing yeah. is given the time that it deserves, especially Franco's story. But as a whole, you see where things go, and you can see like Raimi as he was making this, being like, "I could go here, but I gotta sacrifice this, and I could go there." But like the moment Harry turns on Mary Jane, like they kiss and then they break off. Then he tells Harry because he's woken up, and then he pins her against the wall. He makes her break up with him, and then she just goes to work and lives her life. Like, what was he threatening her with? What did he make her do that with? Did he just do that? And then she's like, you know what? I was going to break up with him anyway. I'm just going to no, do it here. It definitely wasn't that. I'm. It, it was to the point where she's she gets into her house and it's just this massive jump scare with violins screeching and he grabs her fucking throat and pins her up against the wall saying, you're going to break up with Peter. She's And he's in his goblin outfit. You're going to say, okay. Uh, well, here's the thing. Your your fucking boyfriend is Spider-Man. Your boyfriend is Spider-Man. Your and then she finds out that her best friend, Peter's, which she thought was his best friend, is a fucking villain. She's terrified. Who else is she going to fucking go to? Spider-Man. But he's, he's the other part of this. Yeah, so she no. goes to him. Harry's watching her. How Harry's do we know? there. How do we know I, that Harry's watching her? I just assumed because exactly. it, was, it was simple for me. No, dude, you can't just assume something like that because it takes – you don't know her agency. Like that's – throughout the film, you, they've made it clear that she's had kind – that she's kind of having a problem with Peter and his right. ego. She's having personal issues and like she also feels a bit jealous and guilty about the jealousy of Spider-Man. Like that's all in there just in the uh, the whole display for the day for Spider-Man getting the key to the city. But then later the scene happens and then she's just like at home doing nothing. Like what – like I, I – you need those moments flashed out. I'm so, Like what happens after that? Like she's usually kidnapped but if your boyfriend is Spider-Man – you tell him, and then he goes and he fights Harry. That's the whole point. That's why they kidnap the girl, so that the guy will come to them. But it would have been more interesting, and I think this would have been way more interesting. Like, Peter fights Harry, gets his head hurt. Harry, because he goes too far, because doing the clothesline was going too far. It was like, that was a, that was a, sh like, that was a shitty move. He could have done a web. He could have tried to stop Harry. He could have done anything else. But he clotheslined that dude. Maybe he thought he could have survived it and, like, hitting his head was whatever. But, like, I think it was going too far. And it certainly gets illustrated more when the guy who killed his uncle really comes into town. And then she walks up to him and she's like, "You like, I'm afraid you might go too far. Like, you did that last guy. Like, she doesn't know he did with Harry because he hasn't told her about Harry and what's up with him. And then all of a sudden Harry starts pulling city stuff. And then he pulls her aside and says, you have to break up with him after he manipulates her for a while. Then it makes more interesting sense when she's like, why did Harry pull me aside and do this? What happened with Harry? You could have a whole scene where Peter tells her what happens. Like they say it at the beginning. She's like, what's up with him? He's like, I don't know. And they set the scene that maybe he's going to have to tell her what happened. There is no point in this film where he looks at Mary Jane and tells her anything about what happened between him and Harry. Yet earlier in the film, she walks into his room and says, you told me what happened to the criminal that 
you thought killed your uncle. So he does tell her some stuff, but he never tells her that. Like all of these are things that could have been so much, much yeah. more, uh, yeah, much more are, fleshed. Those are the those are the nitpicks. I'm willing to forgive those sort of things just because I know the story. You know the story with how the movie was made, and those those are exceptions that I'm. Those are the things that I'm willing to just accept and just be like Harry. Harry is, you know, revenge filled, and in this movie, Peter is filled with pride and a fuckload of ego. He just is pumping with it because he's been Spider-Man for years, and it's just got to him. It's he's just he's a good example of just being a guy with real fucking problems. And this could easily happen with someone who becomes a real life superhero for years down the line. Yeah. There's going to be clothing and merch for Spider-Man. Like he's all over, he's all over the news. He's on a giant fucking screen in the middle of New York. Yeah. I honestly, I'd probably have a little bit of an ego boost at that point. It's just how, how far they took it was, is very extreme. But if they didn't take it to that extreme they wouldn't have the part where he clotheslines Harry and Harry gets, you know, is nearly fucking dead and where he hits Mary Jane and all, all of these other things that are so drastic and so blown up. Like we wouldn't get those sort of things. All of these things I do think are there, but you also have to account for Eddie Brock and what he's doing and Sandman and what he's doing. Yeah, like it sucks. Two hours, <laughs> within two hours and uh i think 19 minutes that's still not enough and when you get to that third act 30 minutes of it is the scene is starts with her getting kidnapped in the car and he's looking on the news and a news reporter has to give you all of the exposition of the movie to spider-man right there now do i think that like it does work all of it to a certain extent yes Uh, everything is there but it doesn't tie together as well as in the other movie it doesn't tie together as well as in the first movie. And that's where the problem is. If this wasn't as good as Spider-Man 2, I would say, gotcha. But it's not even as good as Spider-Man 1. And a lot of that has to do with it's all over the place. It's got so much to cover, so much ground that things have to be sacrificed. And at a certain point, you're like, it's like a haircut. You, it's like if you're doing your own haircut or the barber's doing your haircut and you're doing a fade like it. Sometimes you, you're getting to that point where you're trying to get shorter and get it perfect, and then all of a sudden you go too far, and you got to fix it, and then you got to fix it a little bit more, and you got to fix it a little bit more. Next thing you know, the whole thing's off. It's like, that's where I feel like. I think, they, I think they just shaved too much that there were holes there. Do I think that there are great moments here? Do I think that when you dive into a lot of the elements here that you, you're like, I, all the time that I spent in the movie thinking about all the things I could do with this, I was having a good time. But that's because I don't have the pressure of the studio and having to actually make the movie. So that was probably way more frustrating and painful for Sam Raimi, especially when the reception oh, yeah. came out. So probably a lot I'm of the staff fun- that he was working with. I'm sure everyone was getting really fucking agitated. I that I feel sorry for. So I'm not I'm not coming at this trying to be a dick about it. And I'm not trying to come at it trying to criticize it. I actually warmed up to a lot more of this than I thought I was going to. However, as of, as I've watched more film and more time, and as I was watching this, I was like, look, I'm forgiven a lot here. I'm giving you a lot. Like, I walked into this remembering that I didn't like anything they did 
with Peter and Mary Jane and ended up loving it here. I liked the ego stuff. I just thought you either tell two stories. Either he's not – either the ego thing is on the side and it's why he doesn't want to have personal conversations with Mary Jane. Those personal conversations including telling her what's happened with Harry. Or you go full on ego that is the mirrored by the suit in Eddie Brock's entire world. See, like it's one thing to say he gets the suit and then all yeah. of a sudden – fighting venom but they bring eddie brock and gwen yeah, stacy and his entire sucks. world in it's so it much sucks. so like at a certain I point think... i was like i'm frustrated i just like i was getting out of it out of the sheer frustration of wow. everything and i was like that Dang, bothers me dude. a lot and i that's what makes this movie hard for me to watch like i can get into the first movie a lot and i, I was like this is great and this is amazing and i'm really emotionally like nostalgic to it second movie is a better movie. It's just sharper. It's tighter. The story elements are like sparse where they need to be and effective where they need to be. There's like three big action scenes. The rest is everything that Peter Parker is going through. In this film, it took 20 minutes for me to realize what the actual true arc of Peter Parker was. And then the guy who killed his uncle shows up. And then I'm like, oh, this works way more with what happened with Harry. And I'm like, oh, God, you're, you're trying to do two different things at the same time. And then you get to the third act, and I'm like, I, I was fine by the halfway point of the film. Then when the Mary Jane thing happened, I was like, you got it. You guys are missing information, and it just started really getting to me. And I was like, I love Dang. the third act in a lot of ways. I love the third act in a lot of ways. The action is my favorite thing about this, and they were telling a lot of the story with the action. I don't even care that Mary Jane was like kidnapped and turned into that stuff. Like the whole women thing is just like on a side burner because that's more of a story of the time than anything else. But in terms of Mary Jane, you know what I really loved? If they didn't pull the whole ego venom thing and just did Sandman and him and Harry, she could have been more of a... a um, yeah, would, exactly. She could have been more involved in the mystery. She could have done the mystery with Harry and figured it out because she was figuring out stuff with Sandman. What if she figured out what happened with him and Flint Marco? Yeah. Like, she yeah, comes out like that. So she's been helping him with criminals. And then all of a sudden, all this start, this truth starts to come out. And, like, what's happening with Harry starts to come out. That's this whole better story that I think it could have worked because then they wouldn't have been breaking up because of two separate reasons. It would have been, like, here's a relationship where she's actually involved as a character in your story rather than being a damsel. And you're still not telling her the truth, so you're not ready to get married yet. Yeah. Remember, guys, he was going to propose to her. We haven't even mentioned that part yet. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was I was going to get into that, but. I'm sure Sam Raimi himself 100% agrees with you. Like he didn't even want Venom in it. And I'm sure that was going to, the Mary Jane thing was going to happen. I can't see any other version of that. I like what he did with Venom. I have no problem with what he did with Venom. But if I had a choice between what I would have wanted in the film, between Venom, Harry, and Sandman, I would have wanted a better completed story with Harry. And I think you could have done it better with Harry and I, I don't I, – in fact, I think I love what he did with Venom and appreciate it more. And I don't, I don't mind Topher Grace. It's just if you're going to do Venom, don't bring Eddie Brock in the whole world in. That's even more. And the fact that he had to is all the more impressive to me because he does it well. I, I just – you need to take one of these elements out for the story to be as good and as complete of a film. Just a film, not even just the third in this series, but as a worthwhile film. And that's what sucks. Like, and I hope, like, I, I will get to the biggest question of all of this at the end of all of this. 
this is just the thing that bugs me the most. Maybe it is me that is the problem, but I am forgiving <laughs> a lot of this. I really am. Things that I had huge problems with, moments, the cheese, the emo Spider-Man, all of it. There were big problems that I had with this that I was forgiving by miles. I loved the final moment between him and Mary Jane at this movie. That's so good, and it made me appreciate it more because, for me, it felt more ambiguous and more like they were grieving Harry and not really doing anything about themselves in the past. Now I'm more mature and now I understand where that moment is and I get the forgiveness theme even more so. However, I wasn't satisfied by the end of the film because wow. none of these stories, none of these stories really had it. It's like it's like if you have a breakfast but you're missing one of the most important elements of it. I'm eating cereal but like I don't have milk. You know, kind of a thing. Like, there's a massive ingredient missing from my film that's not allowing any of these other parts to work. And it's either because there's too much or not enough. And that's that I don't think that's me necessarily comparing it just to the second, but also the first and any film. Like, I think it's a better problem to have, and I think it's handled better than Amazing Spider Man 2. <laughs> which is a, a big film that has a lot going on. It's a big film that has a lot going on, but it has other problems. If you, if I were to compare this to like, like a, one of the Batman movies, I would say this is like uh, if Batman Returns had as much going on as Batman and Robin, but wasn't as campy. Because I don't, th I think the camp works here. It's just none of these stories get fleshed out enough to have the payoff work for me um That's and it's not for lack it's not for lack of trying and it's not for lack of effort but it is my least favorite of the three and it's not one of the worst movies ever i'm not going to judge it on that level but like when i walked away from it i was not like i don't hate this and i don't love it and in terms of this series i didn't connect to it and i was like oh that's so frustrating and it's maybe because i'm so technical with films these days in their stories sometimes but I that just, could be, yeah. I, I think it's because my mind is too busy going, what's going on here? What's going on here? And like, I'm thinking in Raimi's mindset, I'm like, oh, his mind is going everywhere and he's just realizing that he can't. And then he has to like pin it down at the end. And he did the best he could. And I really, I, I have no problem with it. It's not Rise of Skywalker where like the worst of intentions are involved. This guy, this guy did the best he could to make everyone happy at the end of the day. That's the problem here. The guy tried to please everybody. How is that fucking awful? Like, it's not. We got an okay movie out of it. I, I may, We got a good movie out of it. Um, it. Better than most movies. This isn't, you know, Love on a Leash. This isn't Food Fight. This isn't uh, Green Lantern. This isn't, this is better than 85% of the X-Men movies. This is solid. And it certainly makes one of the best superhero trilogies of all time. I would say the big, the one trilogy I compare this the most to is Batman, Nolan's Batman. And I like Rises more than I like this. Okay. That's Rises is doing too much and it jumps a lot of logic trains and it, it doesn't fill a lot of gaps, but at the end of the day, the entire vibe of it, the scope of it as a whole, I'm more satisfied by as a conclusive piece than I am this. And it's because there's just too many outside elements involved that the core elements don't get the heart of it. Like, it, it should have been more about Harry than Venom. 
if Venom was around, don't bring Eddie Brock in. Why not make Harry Eddie Brock? Why why not like say like at the end of the second movie he says no to his father, I will not avenge you. What if the beginning of the movie was literally him trying to figure out a point where he can talk to Harry to talk to Peter, but then the venom gets on Peter and then all of a sudden what if they do fight and Harry does take it too and Peter does take it too far, it does go too far, and then they decide they're gonna talk it out instead. And then by that point, Peter's become gotten become the venom. He goes too far, and then all of a sudden, Harry gets it. He like I don't know, but like maybe Harry could have filled the gap of Eddie Brock without bringing in all these other extra outside characters, and it would have been more interesting because it would have been the same thing, the same story with that Eddie Brock has is the same story that Harry has. It's vengeance and hatred is consuming him and taking him too far. Like that's what I would have done. If you really have to have Venom in that movie, make Harry the Venom. It, like, of course, it's not comic book, and Eddie Brock oh. isn't there. And I like Eddie Brock as a character, but like at the end of the day, maybe he already thought of that, and they wouldn't let him do it. I don't maybe. know. But, you know, yeah, that's what there's I. A lot, there's a lot of what, what ifs with this kind of movie. Uh, it's just I could not connect with it the way that I could. That sucks. I would, and maybe I would think I need to watch it more. But to be honest, I don't really want to. I, I, yeah, you gotta I, have the the passion there. I do like I do like the Mary Jane stuff. I do like the Sandman stuff. I do like the um. I like everything. I like it all. It just doesn't work as a stew. It doesn't work as a whole. It doesn't taste good. It's all of it's like all of my favorite things and all these things that I enjoy. And you mash them together and you're like, oh, that, that sucks. Damn it. Yeah, I thought I would have liked pizza and ice cream together. Shit. It's actually pretty good, especially when the pizza's hot, like really hot. Oh my god! Yeah, I guess it does. But yeah, it's like two elements. It's like all these elements that I like, but they don't work because it's just too much. Mm. Your mashed potatoes, certain yeah, like it's it's all like it just doesn't work in a way. I don't know, Um, and it doesn't. I can't connect to it emotionally. That's my, that's the problem. I empathize so much with it. I forgive a lot of the camp i think it all works it's just nothing gets its due at the end of the day and i can't connect to it at the end it sucks i, I and i've forgiven so many other films i really have it's just and i know it's not like i'm writing this home but that's what bugs me the most about this um outside of that there's so many things i enjoyed when he catches gwen i love it that's amazing yeah i kept, I, I kept like, i'm watching it right now <laughs> I think we all are. Like, yeah, it's about to happen. Yeah, that's right. I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, the Harry fight, the first Harry fight, I was like, yep. this is kind of too CGI-ish, but then the camera didn't cut, and they were dancing around, and then when he kicks him and he starts flipping around, I was like, no, this is really good. Oh, yeah, here it is. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Through the beam. Yeah, I think Dig it. I, I think of this movie as like a, a really ugly chess game that's like, that went on and on and on for like a fucking month at least. It's just one long ass chess game. And you're like, oh Jesus. And it's this is the best that it possibly could have turned out as. Like Raimi is playing chess with the fucking studio and all the producers and bullshit. And he did his wholehearted best and he fought <laughs> till he had bloody knuckles. With this fucking chess game. And it turned out the way it turned out. And it is what it is. But 
it's for me it's it's one of those movies where i even as a kid got the message and for me i'm willing to sacrifice a lot of other things if it has a really good message and it doesn't really fudge that message up like the previous movie was like i kept saying probably an infinite amount of annoying times it's about what you do with that responsibility you know and you can get sucked into uh, your own business like it's showing now in the third movie, which was pretty cool, you know, foreshadowing. Or you can be the better person and, and use your powers for good and, and not, you know, get consumed with the ego and pride. But in this movie, he does. And he's and he's human. He is a, a you know, superhero Spider-Man, but he's also human. And he has a, you know crazy ass boss and a really really dicey job that if he doesn't get a photo he might not get money he might not get rent and he may not be able to fix that goddamn door and (laughs) that i like when i watched this as a wee lad i immediately saw a, a character change in peter where i was like i was put off but it's it's one of those um uh, I forgot the words, but it's it's one of those things where that's the whole point. Like you're supposed to be put off by this character. You're supposed to be like, oh, calm the fuck down, dude. Like, why are you so edgy? It's because it's been you know a couple of years after uh, the second movie, and he's people fucking change. And you you Alex didn't say anything about this, but I I get kind of I personally get angry when people um like nitpick those character choices like oh why is he like so egotistic all of a sudden why is he so narcissistic it's not all of a sudden dude like if you're watching the fucking movies back to back it's gonna seem all of a sudden because you're watching them that way but if you have a big fucking brain or even a medium-sized brain you can see oh it's been years you know these movies take the the time span of these movies is years like he was in high school then right. he was in college, and now he's like almost at the end of college. It seems like, and it's been years since the yeah. second movie. So, for me, it's understandable. Like, yeah, dude, that shit can get to your head, and it it really quickly it got to the head of uh, Doc Ock. Like, in it, almost immediately. Of course, he had the help of you know um, sentient arms talking to him and convincing him to do these things, but he he could clearly fight it when the end of the second movie peter could say just a few things and he would snap out of it like he had the he still had the ability to overpower the arms but he didn't seem like he wanted to he kind of liked being bad and in this movie i like being bad it makes me happy so okay i i I do think that every I like how everything works. Like I thought, that's why I paused it halfway through, and I was like, these nitpicks are not problems. They actually, when you have the time to act, like piece them together, work. It's just at a certain point, they don't. By the end of the movie, they aren't finishing. They aren't filling in the gaps of where these stories should go, and you start to realize, oh, it's because there's just all these stories going on. And, and I, I don't mind this that Peter gets emo. I don't mind that he's making the decisions. Yeah. It all, it's, they're just not, 
I have to answer the I have to answer these questions in the way that the movie should for it to be more fluid. Because if you do that work, you're getting taken out of the movie. The audience shouldn't be doing that. The audience should be having to juggle all that stuff in their head. They should be having that handheld so that when you see the guy in the chair with his head blown out, you're like, oh, yeah, he's dead. You don't know what's going on until you need to know. And that's where the problem is here. That's why the pacing is off because he's not – he doesn't know where the audience's attention needs to be at the right time. And then he's, he's like, I'm going to distract you here so that you don't think about this for a bit. And then, oh, it comes back here. He's just doing too much. And I've watched too many films that that's what's taking me out of mm. it. Like I now that now – that I see it now, all of those things are stuff that I worried about. That's why I started it doing it as a guttural reaction. Because I'm like, yeah, there's too much going on in the movie. Why is he doing this? Like, why is Peter doing that? Why is that? And then after a while, I was like, no, it's because of this, because of this. But then I was like, yeah, but like, I have to pause the film to think about all of this. It's just too much. Hmm. And then the film can't even fill in those gaps. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. I just get it now. It's like, if you're 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 cooking all these things and you're like oh you know what that can that can sit on the stove a little bit longer i'll just let that burn a little bit longer i have to do with this uh you know that'll just be a little bit more creamy than it's supposed to be i mean like nothing is finished entirely and so you get this kind of like incomplete blob at the end you're like i see what you were supposed to do when you put in so much effort and humanity into this film so much more yeah. humanity than people like I was still thought in the middle of this movie, yeah, dude, I, I, he still has to be Peter. He's getting a lot of these things right, but he still has to be Spider-Man as well. Like, he's, he can still see her. He's still like, but now the ego's getting to him, and he's like, he doesn't see her problems the same way. Like, he still yeah. has to be Spider-Man. It's, it's tough to watch, and that's what he exceeds at, where it's like, yeah, it's supposed to be tough. Those scenes are supposed to be tough to watch. You're like, oh, it's so cringy because he's fucking up. And everyone fucks up at some point. That I I love the message to this movie, and I like that all this shit happened in this movie when the the main theme for this movie is forgiveness and the, like how important it is to forgive and the dangers of not forgiving and the poison of revenge if you don't. Like it's so fitting for this film, it it, it almost makes me laugh. Like that's the theme of this movie. And that's what you get about, get out of it. You're like, fuck, there's so much shit happening that it's like forgiveness. You're like, God, you're goddamn right. Good ass message. Fuck you. I do mm -hmm. think that that's there. But I think it takes too long to get there. Yeah, I just think it takes too long to get there. And I do love it. I really do. Like, and I spending more time with the decisions that he made with Mary Jane. I appreciate them. I really do. The ego thing is not taken lightly. The decisions that he makes with Flint Marco are not taken lightly. And the decisions he makes with her are not taken lightly either. That's someone who knows some of your most personal secrets. Someone who has the ability to look at you and judge whether or not you killed a man. And you already accidentally clotheslined your best friend to the point that he is, has amnesia. And you are actively not trying to remind him of what his real life is. Yeah. Those elements are all there. All of those elements are there. I do love it. But then all of a sudden, Eddie Brock shows up with his mirror world, and you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. And then all of a sudden, Harry's kidnapping Mary yeah. Jane, and she's doing these things on the side, and you're like, wait, well, I want to see, 
like how great would it have been if there was an actual conversation between Mary Jane and Harry about what happened between them? She's she knows Spider-Man and she's like, I know who he is. I know the decision she'd make. And he'd be like, oh, do you really? He killed my dad. And she'd be like, no, he did. And he'd be like, yeah, I killed my dad. And like he has to explain yeah. that to both of them now. They're both people who know his personal secret and can judge him on that level like nobody else can. And he ha- he has nobody else to talk that to. He, the only argument he's ever heard in his head is him. All of these things would have been great to see. And none of them yeah, can be fleshed really out. Would have. Sam Raimi can't. That's the other thing. I know Sam Raimi could have fleshed these out in amazing ways. And he was not given the chance. He was neutered. He was actively given too many weights. And I... I understand that he. I understand that I do. But years later, it's years later. He's totally getting the respect he needs. And if Tobey Maguire comes back in a world that he's actually actively involved with creatively, I'm pretty sure he's going to have some respect and say about what happens. Maybe some of the elements of the movies that he wanted in the fourth one show up in the MCU Spider-Man three or in later ones. So like. Maybe his day is coming. It really is. I honestly believe it. There's so many things I forgive about this movie now that people just like, like the memes are there, but in a good way because they yeah. really do mean something. Like Peter is an asshole, but like, you're right. It's all there. It's just not fully there. Like you have to do a lot of the work and then you realize, oh, I just don't have the, I don't have all the pieces to the puzzle here. It sucks. Like 90% of this puzzle is done. I see what they're trying to go for, but I don't have a window here, and I'm missing a corner here, and it's just not all there. And that's that's what sucks for me. I do see everything that works, and like maybe over time I'll come back to it and be more gentle with it. But that's why I want to ask my final que- two final questions when all of this is done, because we like to ask serious questions when we're done with them, and I have two. <clears throat> yeah, cool. <laughs> I was. I'm still here, guys. I'm still here. <laughs> okay. So, like, so Chris, you you have not you you loved the second one. You hadn't seen the first one in a long time. How how long had it been since you've seen this one, or have you ever seen this one? I have seen this one. It probably hasn't. I probably haven't seen it start to finish since it first came out. Hmm. Because like my parent, because my parents would take me to these kinds of movies, like all the time. When they saw a movie that they really wanted to see, they just take me with them. Um, like there was Revenge of the Sith. They uh, pulled me out of class early. Uh, Dang, in, uh, dude! In uh, like third grade, like they uh, they Hell came and picked yeah, me up from did. school right before last period to go so we could go see Revenge of the Sith. Um, I remember that. That was pretty good. Um, so, yeah. Okay. So my thing is, so like I said, um, I didn't. I actually did not mind. Um, emo Peter Parker. I actually kind of liked it because of the context of the last two movies and him just getting pushed around, and then without his not like, from his perspective, like his girlfriend just broke up with him because like they like he thought it could work, and then she's like, no, it doesn't work. And then, like, then his best friend is seeing her again. It's just like, and then he's just like, you know what? Screw it. (laughs) Like, screw everyone. Like, screw everything. I am just gonna do my own thing. He starts dating Gwen Stacy. 
Um, just like totally destroys Eddie Brock, even though he he deserves it. Um, but like he does deserve uh, it. It's like one of he, those lesser of two evil things. Like he's right. just he's just doing it out of revenge. He's just doing it to get under MJ's skin. Like that's right. that's where his mentality is right now. He's just so beyond. It seems like just beyond help, where he's the only one who can forgive himself and fucking move on and try and fix his problems that he caused. Like, he is, honestly, he's one of the main villains of this movie. And it's it's rough, too, because that kind of comes with the territory of being Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It is. That's why, like, for me, when I I see these, it's, it's... I I got it. Like I I get all the the problems, and I have nitpicks too. But it's it's for me. It's just it works so well, it too well for me to just even care about the nitpicks anymore. Everyone's fucking different, of course. I don't care if you have nitpicks about the film. It's your opinion. But like I I just even with the amount of chess pieces he had to move around Rami had to move around in this movie and still made it work like not to the best of course there's always going to be a million what if this happened what if this happened that'd be fucking amazing if mj had more screen time of course everyone wants that but like and was a reporter yeah with the amount of time like he had he's shown that she is she's just as you know vulnerable as everyone else including peter she's she lost her job she can barely afford her apartment. I'm sure she's had many scenarios where she could have told her landlord to fix the damn door, but she didn't because she's not in the same mentality as Peter is. And she still fucking cares about other people. She still asks Harry how he's doing. She still asks Peter how he's fucking doing and shows up to his door out of nowhere and asks him how he's doing because she heard from Aunt May or whatever the hell she said in the moment that the killer is still out. His The killer that uh, the person that killed his uncle was still out there. Like she, despite all the other bullshit she's going through in life and how broken down and vulnerable she is, she's still, she's still able to care for other people. And that's, I love the pair. Like Raimi's so good with parallels in this, just, just in general, like the Sandman, you, you totally, you totally get it. He's just like the, one of the first things he fucking says is I'm not a bad guy. I've just, I just have bad luck. I've just made bad decisions. Bad choices. And it, like, boom, I got it. And then it took a while for Eddie Brock to come in. Let me, let me check the timestamp. It was like a quarter of the way in, I, I believe. And he's just a total asshole. Like, yeah, Gwen is fucking hanging out, like, out of the building, just fucking mile in the air. And he's like, oh my God, that's Gwen. And her dad's right there, and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'm Eddie Brock. You know, I work for the Daily Bugle. I'm, I'm her boyfriend. Like, that's not what you fucking say in that moment. <laughs> like, you're <laughs> she's right about to die, dude. And so you immediately get it. Like, oh, he is just a cockbag. He is the type of person that never had an Uncle Ben or an Aunt May or anything, and just completely gave in. Just, just succumbed to everything. I don't even know if that's a word, but just." He's just the world revolves around him, and that's all he can see. And like, do you do you blame him? Like, I you, you never see those situations. You have to piece those things together, which sucks in the movie. But just even on a surface level, you can tell that it's a parallel to Peter, and like how much farther 
Peter is from Eddie, and they're very fucking similar. Yes, they have different names, but when they interact, like in the middle of the movie, you, it's it's just you, it's so obvious. Like it's just a mirror, and I, I like that, and I think that's the best. Remy could have done with everything else that he was trying to juggle is okay. Venom. I don't understand the, you know, I don't know the character very well, but I know how to put, you know, quote unquote villains in these movies and have them parallel with Parker in a way where it, it's just, it's rhyming. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know. I, I think, I think it still worked and I was willing to forgive any, any other surface level crap that happened throughout. And it, it he's just in his own world and Peter's in his own world. And you see that, but a little bit before Peter gets the suit, he's not quite like super douche. He's still, he's just douche. Yeah. Super douche. <laughs> super douche. <laughs> and he, yeah. As like, he, you can still see Peter in there, but once Venom comes in, you can tell that he's changed, but you can also see something else there where it's this venom is a poison. I know Aunt May um, talks about revenge as a poison later in the movie. Uh, not where we're at right now. I'm assuming we're all in the, in the restaurant scene right now, but he, uh, he not the part where he just uh, thwarted the uh, bank, the, uh, the truck robbery. Oh, I'm a little ahead then. I'm I'm at the dinner. Yeah, now I'm at the dinner. Yeah, him. Uh, he he's still in his own world a little bit, but he's not quite super douche yet. And once the venom comes in, you can see it as a poison, and the venom, and the I don't know. I it clicked for me pretty early on, even as a kid. I'm like, this is like substance abuse. This is what happens when you just cave. <laughs> And you just no seriously, you could you could think of it as alcoholism, okay? He bullshit happens, and he wants to feel good, and he doesn't care about other people. He, it, the camera literally pans over to the chest where the suit is in. I don't know how he has two suits all of a sudden, but you know, for the sake of that, uh, that's that's what that is. Only keeps I, a spare it, in case the other one gets ripped. He's learned his lesson over the movies. That's very true. It's it, that's very that's a simple explanation. But it, it, oh, I just I love it, and I like that. Raimi put it in that direction, put the, put the venom in that direction where he really didn't understand the character. And then he made the character his own. And that's the best that he could have done. Cause then he understands it. Then he understands, okay, Eddie Brock is just an echo of Peter, a super douche version of Peter. And Peter can see that and be like, God, I don't want to be that guy. Right. And then the venom is a poison. It's a substance. And he, he abuses it. He puts that shit on to feel good. He doesn't give a shit about anyone else when he's wearing that thing. It's the same thing when you're, when you're using any form of drug or anything. I mean, for that Hell purpose. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Hell yeah. You just, Hell you don't, yeah. You don't care. And he puts that suit on and he's like, wow, I feel great. And he doesn't Hell care yeah. if he's being a dick bag, a super douche at this point. To anyone uh, else. Uh-uh. Super douche. Uh-uh. Uh, and he... Yeah, go ahead. I wanted, I wanted to touch on the subject of Sandman being the guy who actually killed Uncle Ben. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> like... Yeah, that's... It's one of those things where it's... 
like the coincidences and that happens so many times even before the third movie where i'm like you know what that's just how superheroes work it's a coincidence after coincidence it after did. coincidence it did give us a great soundbite of he's still out there <laughs> he's still out there this is what i would say to that that would have been again worked i think it would have worked better if it was able to be fleshed out more if exactly. we would have been able to spend more time with sandman uh, learning or having to explain to people in his life. If he was out in the run longer, if we got to see him interact with more people as Sandman later, rather than just Rob Banks and see Spider-Man. Um, if he could have had somebody to monologue to the way that Alfred Bellina did, if he would have had a scene that um, he just, need, we needed more. It's like Mary Jane, for example, was like the one investigating, finding out stuff because she talked to Aunt May about this because she finds out with aunt may like let's say that like she just happens to be there because yeah. he has spider-man and there and she finds out so she starts to do research and we start to learn more about that moment or we spend time with flint so we see the flashback happen from his perspective more because the first time we see it it's from peter's but we don't see it from flint until the end but if we spent more time with flint we would have had more signs and more elements that say something happened from that night he's like it was a carjacking the guy that you knew, the guy with the highlights in his hair, like giving you hints that this was all connected and then you would have been able to like digest it more, but it doesn't have the room to breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, oh gosh, it's like this whole movie is just like, (laughs) it doesn't really like, I feel like, I've seen much worse examples of like this happening and handled much worse. Mm-hmm. I.e. like Rise of Skywalker or like No, not Age of Ultron. Get that out of my head. Um Sorry, I'll I'll get it out. Okay. I think Age of Ultron is an example where there's almost a bit too much going on. But like what I'm saying is like um, this was like I was expecting like total meltdown. Like, obviously, like trilogies, it's hard to get the third one right. Like under any circumstance, even if Raimi had all the pieces, like I'm sure it would have been a struggle either way. But like the fact that he had all the studio interference of like. We want Venom, we want this, this, and this. And he tried his best to play ball. And this was the outcome. This is not worst case scenario at no. all, in my opinion. Um, no. If anything, it's not. Other ones are. Yeah. This was not what. Yeah, Raimi, Raimi saved it. He really did. This was not the nuclear meltdown I was like anticipating. But I'm just, like the whole he goes emo like and just like like that's kind of like me at that point because like Harry shows up as green as a new goblin and fights with Peter and then gets short term memory loss after a bad fall disappears. Then we get Sandman. Sandman comes in. Turns out he killed Uncle Ben. And then he, Peter go Peter gets the symbiote. He goes Black Spider Man. Um. And he takes out Sandman. And then Harry comes back, manipulates, 
like freaking oh man yeah dude wow okay yeah. no be, like i like... had to i had to like that actually helped me get all of this in front of me because i feel like it's like some of these pieces are coming at me from all sides and like i had to like talk i had to get that out just to put it all in front of me and oh man so basically a lot of pieces were juggled but it's a good thing that Sam Raimi is a dar- is a pretty darn good juggler, and like yeah. with this many spinning plates, this was the best like almost <laughs> anybody could do. Yeah, yeah. man, um, I, I wholeheartedly agree. I do like the I do like the I do I do like how Eddie Brock after losing everything because he's a fraud, um, he goes to super douche. He goes to the um, he goes to the church and he's like. <laughs> I come to you humbled and humiliated. I ask if you only one thing. I need you to kill Peter. I was like, I asked you to, I asked you to do one thing. He's like, please be a douche. Please be a douche. Please be a douche. Please be a douche. He's like, I need yeah. you to kill Peter Parker. I'm like, thank <laughs> you, Lord. So like, yeah, he you becomes, just you just learn that he's not that he's the type of guy to just not change. He will never change. And I I love just a side note. I love that's when Venom is introduced to both Peter. And Eddie, of course, at different times, but when they are at their most vulnerable and their most low, that's when Venom comes in. That's when the poison comes in. That's when the substance comes in. It says, I'm right. here. I can I can make you feel fantastic. Who gives this? a shit about anyone else? That's when yeah. it comes in. It's so good. I love that. This is, I can, on the note of Venom, I can now say, I am looking at Tom Hardy's Venom in a completely different way, in a completely <laughs> new light. Like, oh my gosh! Yeah. Like, I didn't know what to think of Venom when I first saw it. I was like, oh, what did I just watch? But like, now that I see Topher Grace, and like the whole Venom suit, it's just knockoff Spider-Man. At least in Tom Hardy, he's a hulking brute who eats people and chocolate. Yeah. Like, but that's that's the thing. Like, it, 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 Sam didn't this is really so much know. more interesting. Sam didn't care, nor did he really know about Venom very much. Like he stopped reading comics really early on in his. That's that's what that was a question that was asking. Like, for somebody who, like, loves Spider Man, like to not have interest in one of his, like, more mainstream villains. I mean, he had Green Goblin. He had Doc Ock. Like, I, I I don't. I didn't. I don't see it that way. Uh, I think everyone's it. like that. But now that I know that he like stopped reading at a certain point, that like that makes more sense to me. Yeah, it's yeah. like you grew up with Iron Man and Captain America. Ten years from now, people are going to be like Spider Man, and you're going to be like, Nah, man, Iron Man. You're going to be like, What's Tom Holland though? And you're going to be like, Yeah. Nah, nah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, that's would... a that's a really good example. Yeah. He's still out there. Oh, I love that bite. Um. <laughs> so. This- this should be my final... Okay, so this is my final... This is the nail in the coffin for what I feel like took me the most out of it. And I'm not trying to nail... Like, you know, I just want to get to this question. But no, I'm, I'm I love... In, I, man. I'm, I'm ready. I, I like what he does with Venom and Eddie Brock and Spider-Man in that story. I think thematically, even the performances, I think it all works. Everything you brought to the table, everything you're saying is correct. Everything that involves Sandman works him and the uh him and uncle ben everything sandman goes through his tra- his transformation scene all of it is great because i think he puts a lot of care and time into that 
he drops the ball with Harry. And Harry is a huge section and carries a huge emotional weight to this film. And the yeah. moment, I, the moment I, it loses me entirely, the moment that I say, fuck you, movie. I don't know who made this decision. <laughs> I'm not putting it entirely on the hands of Raimi, but it's the fucking butler. The butler walking in. Yes, 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 yes. Light these guys up, Alex. Do it. Get them. I'm done. That's when he walks up. and like Not only that, but they preface it. When he goes in, he walks into the house with Harry, and he looks at the chair, and I'm like, that chair's done, man. They threw that chair out. That chair's done. He shit. He bled all over that chair. It's fucking done. That chair's gone. That's not still there in that home. And if you got another one like it in that exact same position, that's really dumb. It's like post-traumatic stress syndrome. Just stop doing that. Maybe that's something Harry would do. Maybe that's something Harry would do. I don't know, but like weird. But that that fucking butler man walking in and being like, "I cleaned his wounds. He certainly died by his own hand." You don't fucking know that. Spider-Man could have taken his web and like swung his thing and like hit him right in the goddamn dick with it. Like you don't know that old man. And if you did, you should have told him that shit earlier. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Both both of this drop. That is when the plate falls, and I'm like, God damn, come on. I know. At, it's, at any at, point, at any point, he could have spilled that information. Especially after he had like like even before he lost his memory and he was like obsessed with like killing Spider-Man and all that, which I'm sure he made perfectly clear to Bernard, not Bernard. Bernard. Gosh, I hate yeah. how they pronounce it even. God, they keep like, calling him Bernard. I was writing that down in my notes. I'm like, Bernard's not... What the fuck are they talking about? I'm only getting Bernard when I try and type in Bernard. I'm like, this is they're just fucking saying it weird, aren't they? Even in the <laughs> subtitles, it's Bernard. Then they're saying <laughs> Bernard. <laughs> I, I never... I didn't go that deep. I was too busy trying to find the real-life reincarnation of Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> That's so true. But it was worth it. But like, yeah, it's worth it. Like, no, at I, any point, yeah, you, of course. Like, even like we were talking about this like in the first episode. Like, when he drops off the body, Peter could have said, "Goblin killed your dad." Like, yeah, like he, he, he could have said that, but like, just like, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things. Even if he, even if you. Like uh, this is this is why this is wait, 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 also wait, wait, like wait, 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 go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'm sorry to interrupt, but wait a second. If the butler says he died by his own hands, then he knows that the dad was Green Goblin. Does that mean that everyone knew that the dad was Green Goblin? Then yes, he should have <laughs> looked at his son and said he had stab wounds. The Goblin killed your dad. Or if he knew that the dad was the Goblin, he should have said yeah. your dad was the Goblin. Unless that's the secret he's keeping. But then if that's the case, then he obviously knows that Harry is doing goblin shit. If Harry's doing goblin shit, you should have stopped this train before it got to the point where your master gets half his face burned off by his best friend. You're a shitty butler, Bernard. Yeah, like, I was. I, that's actually one of the things I was going to say. No matter what angle you try and look at Harry, it, it's all... There's always something in the fucking way. There's always something where you can't quite get a full grasp on it. Yeah, if if Bernard said it was pierced, it, your father was pierced by his own blade, whatever. Okay, how do you know that? Okay? 
he cleaned he the wound and right. had it analyzed. He the wound. Yeah, and he had it analyzed. Okay, so you have that, like, what? And then if you look at the other direction, you know, another what-if scenario, if he said your dad's green goblin, that would make a little more sense. But, like, how would he know? Okay, that didn't really plan out. No matter what you do. And then it gets to the point where that's how Harry – it's – for me, that's what it, Harry – at that point was like i forgive him like that's not fucking that just it ruined it tainted the theme and i was like that's not forgiveness that's just you realizing that you were fucking wrong and you assumed and you assumed wrong and then he's all like i for you know it, it you know well let's let's go save mary jane and blah 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 bromance like- <laughs> you know it was nice to see that but like that's that it sucked because i'm like that's not the theme like he it seemed like he forgave peter because uh bernard said that he was basically wrong that he assumed wrong like that's not forgiveness that's just saying my bad bro like you're like it's i do like that i don't i do like that Mm -hmm. example of like for (laughs) i like the example of well he well my dad kind of killed himself but um, Peter Parker, you still ruined my life, so I'm still gonna. I, I I made a mistake, but you still ruined my life. But so I forgive you. It's okay. Let's go save the. Yeah, let's it, go save the ginger. It kinda, oh, it kind of. It kind of. Ah, I just that. That's the one part the one I'm, I'm willing. What's up? It's the one thing. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm. I was. I'm even willing to look past the lack of screen time he has. You know, it's all the juggling and bullshit that we've already talked about. <laughs> blah 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 but then it's like you it's so easy it was so fucking easy to just have him say you know what peter's my best friend mj's in trouble that's all he fucking needed that's the whole point of the movie is it doesn't matter is you just forgive and you let things go ah i I think that's hopefully that's what I think the story is for me with this movie is to forgive and let go in some places. But I also think that's the key right there. Harry's story getting absolutely short shifted is different than if Sandman did. And it's different than if Venom had. And the reason is he is he has more of an emotional weight than those characters do. He's been there since the beginning. We've cared about what's happened to him. We've cared about his journey more. Mm-hmm. So to have him get the like bum leg, that was the bad call. <clears throat> it's this emotional connection when I'm like, Harry's just butler knew the whole time. He walked up. Why am I spending yeah, time? Yeah, dude. That? Like it was just a, it's just lazy. It's just that's, lazy. And yeah, that's what hurts me the most. And yeah, that, and it Go hurts ahead, me because it's oh sorry. It, no, it hurts talking. me that like it it didn't even that part didn't even need to fucking happen. That's why I was just pissed off. Like it, <laughs> like it did it didn't even need to he didn't even need to say anything. Bernard could have just been a stupid ass old man, and we could have just assumed that because he's clearly over a hundred years old, just aimlessly walking around in this mansion, just like what can I get you, Harry? Would you like a grape? Oh, fetch some food. <laughs> like, there's. You, are you fucking kidding me? He definitely called his grandson to be like, hey, hey, can you pick up some food for Harry for me? I just can't even legally drive anymore. 
Like, there's no way. There's no way. And it, like, check, it's a great payday. Come on, grandson, do this for daddy. I have to see the horse races later. Uh, it, yeah. But look, looking past that, it, it could have been easier. And yeah, another what if. You could have just put another thing in there where he maybe got another hallucination of his dad. And he's like, you know what? I'm like, I'm going to forgive. And I know you're a horrible man. And maybe that could have been the point where he's like, oh, my God, like, this isn't this isn't worth it anymore. None of like it doesn't this this bullshit that I've made for myself. It doesn't matter anymore. I'm going to go save my both of my best friends. <laughs> like, they could have easily just been that. like the same amount of time just looking in the fucking mirror and just been like, Roo, but that's another what if. What if, what if, what if, you know? Yeah. Like, also, like, Peter showing up to the apartment and, like, listen, MJ needs us. And Harry's like, get out. I'm like, okay, you don't need that. <laughs> like, you've done this before. Yeah. You're repeating yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, and then, because when I think about it, it's just like, you have put yourself in, you've written yourself into a corner. And, <clears throat> like, Peter shows up, and Harry's like, no, just get out. I can't, like, obviously you're much stronger than me, and I can't kill you. So just get out. I want nothing to do with you. Like, he's already clearly rejected, so now you have firmly established that he isn't going to help out by any kind of logic. And so you yeah. have, so now... So now you have literally no choice but to do what they did. So exactly. my thing is, why not show it on the news that MJ's in trouble and then have Harry work that through himself? You know? Yeah. That's all you need, honestly. We would have believed it. God! I, I still... I, I agree with you. I still, But I still would have liked... It seemed robotic, but I'll get to that in a second. I, I still like that Peter came to him. Despite everything they did, despite Peter being a total super douche to him and him, you know, kind of in a way, you know, being uh, a super douche to him, maybe a little more reason to for on his end than Peter. But I, I still like that I think, despite all their shit, they're like, we I we need to save her, dude. I think you could have done both. I think you could have had that scene, but just tacked on a moment where he's like, get out of here. And then he looks at the TV. You don't need Bernard. You don't Bernard. You don't need that guy. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that guy to come. Hey, hey, Harry. I just want to say I was at the races. Did I miss anything? Anyway, your dad was killed by his own glider. No doubt. No doubt about it. Yes. Anyway, did I yes, it's pronounced, it's pronounced Bernard, and my name's not actually Bernard. It's Alfred. Is your name Alfred. Bruce by any chance? If the bookies call, it's David. Yeah, dude, it's it's so that's that is the one thing where I'm like, why? Where where I really can see other other angles and working it working differently. That's that's this is that's the only thing for me where I'm like, you really it, that's actually one of the easiest fucking things you could have just been like, let's just scrap that scene and add this other thing on. Yeah, you know? um, it, <laughs> it's kind of, it would have been funny like. It would have been funny if, like, uh, 
Harry, the blade that pierced your father's crotch was from his own glider. Also, I have to tell you before I go that you will be cancelled in ten years. I just felt like you should know that. You'll also do a few good performances better than this, but don't start the acting school. (laughs) (laughs) No, like it's... When you think about it in like a comedic perspective, it's kind of funny. Like Bernard just clearly has Alzheimer's and just forgot. And he's like, oh, by the way, I totally forgot. Oh, yeah, your father basically killed himself. Okay, bye. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, when you think comedically, it works. That's the only way yeah. it works because when you think about it seriously, it's like, so, like, what does he know? What does he not? Why exactly. did he let Harry exactly. go to this fucking extreme of a point? Like, why did, why did you let any of this happen? Why did you wait till now? People are dead. Yeah. Because here's another thing. Like, this, is, this isn't a nitpick, but, like, these are the kind of things that make me laugh that you can skate over in a movie when you've got so much going on. And in other movies, you can forgive if the movie's good enough. And, like, they have a whole fight, him and Harry. They blow up city streets. They blow up buildings. They go through windows. And then Harry hits his head and he falls on the ground. And Peter gets him somewhere. Even if Peter picked his body up and then swang him to a hospital. Swang into a hospital. <laughs> he's, still in, he's still in that outfit. Have the police not just, like, asked anyone about that moment? Was there, like... No moment where they were like, "Hey, what happened?" I don't know. I was like, "He got hit by a car." Yeah. What's the suit? Like, he got hit. Yeah, he got he got hit by a car. What's the suit for? That, um, yeah, cosplay. <laughs> you're in some kinky stuff. You're in some kinky stuff, man. You're gonna have to. Uh, no, he, hey, don't kink he, uh, shame me. <laughs> I know that that's a that's another problem, but I think it's even. I I like the more of you know buildings falling apart, and only a couple times do they show people on the ground when it's necessary but the first fight scene with harry and peter like he just tore a fucking huge chunk out of a building you know multiple you know double digits of stories up in the air like huge fucking slabs of concrete there are cars driving okay people are driving cars below like people died people really people died Dude, Sandman, the first time he attacks the bank in the truck with sand, he kills a cop immediately. And then Peter Parker totally lets that guy go at the end of the movie. <laughs> you deserve I, to I don't jail. wait, wait, where did he where did he kill the where did he kill the but guy? When he busts out of the sand where that cop gets onto the sand and he just like picks wait. him up and oh. throws him into the oh, window. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, dude, that guy's dead. Yeah, <laughs> it's this, this those small. That's okay. I, I, yeah, I like that I didn't catch that because I'm gonna pretend that I never did. Uh, I just, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff where it's like what I like. I would have been able to forgive that, except Peter Parker lets him go. <laughs> yeah, it's I. Speaking of like the forgiveness thing, somewhat the main theme of this movie. I I also like that. Um, I forgot his name, but the his landlord, who's always like rent, rent, yeah, rent, the, rent, yeah, there was a rent. After we we, I just got past that scene like five minutes ago, where he's yeah, like, like you get your rent when you fix this damn door, and he like <laughs> he stops and he's like, whoa, and he 
And I love that even he forgave Peter in that moment. Yeah, that moment was great. Yeah, good call. He's, That's great. He's like, he's like, wow, he must be really going through stuff because that's a good, he's a good guy. That's uh, those like, aren't his exact words, but he like, and then a couple scenes later, he comes back and he's peeling an orange and he, like Peter comes out and he's going to try and call MJ and he's like, do you want an orange? Like, are you all right? Well, that's to be like, give you some, some yeah. So here's my, here's my thing. Real shit. Even if he was like, like on time with his rent, I think he would still ask for rent. Like even if he had just paid rent like the other day, he'd be like, yeah. "Rent." Yeah. <laughs> well, because you can also see it, like you can see his living situation. He's probably just as fucking dirt poor as Peter is, so he's really like, "I need rent." Like, and he asked Peter, "You could, you know, an apology instead of, you know, you could just buy me a pizza, please, like today." Guys, guys, I just I just saw something on the movie. I just saw something in the movie. It's the okay. scene where where he's where Harry is remembering with his father. Yep. And it yeah. cuts to it cuts to him seeing his Spider-Man leave his father. And it shows him clearly remembering Peter's face. Has he always known that it was Peter? Even to the Oh second my god. <laughs> Wait, I'm gonna go back because I was just I'm, gonna, I'm about to Wait. I'm about to get there. I'm going back too, because like I swear to God, that's what they just showed. No, I remember it vividly. Like it was like clear no. as day, but if, like if I'm about to hit if that that's point. The actual, I do like how he actual, chugs that whiskey, though. If that's the actual case, no, it's just it's just a a goof in the movie. Like there's oh, no way. No, I think it's a decision, but at the same time, I think it's an interesting decision. Oh, it, yeah. Okay, this makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It makes the, it makes Spider Man two more interesting. It doesn't change anything for me. It just ma- it gives Harry more depth. Yeah, right. now he knows. Now he knows. He always knew. Yep, yeah, there it is. I see it. There oh. it is. He always he knew. He knew, dude. He always knew. Just like uh, MJ got, somehow knew. They got Willem in Willem for a, like, a, like a day Will just to shoot some shit. Will I am right. Defoe. This, that's, that's what's even like, going back to the I I hate I even hate doing the what if thing because I I find myself annoying when I do that. But they had Willem Dafoe come in. You could have had an extra few lines where he's like trying to convince Harry to you know give in to the dark side, and Harry's like, no. You could have done that. <laughs> no, instead of instead of I different, different parts. like my father. Yeah. Uh, another th- another. I wanted to add. It's kind of. It's kind of a random uh, thought in my head, just kind of floating around. I also like the part about Venom, uh, another sense of just it being a substance thing. It's also It also gave Raimi a chance to do a little bit more horror in his movie. Yeah. 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 Like, like we, got that, we got that in Spider-Man 2, and we get a little bit more in Spider-Man 3 with, like, just, just the the cues of it being a venom in the scene, like whether it's attached to Harry or sorry, attached to Eddie or it's attached to Peter. Like before that, when it's crawling and it looks like a hand, like, and there's these weird scratching, squeaking violin sounds. Like it's so cool in the shadow against the wall. Like the first time Peter transforms. Yeah. And then there's, there's a scene that's way towards the end of the film, the third act where he, um, where Eddie, somehow steals a cab uh and 
uh, Mary Jane conveniently gets in said cab that he is driving. And oh yeah, like, how did he steal that? <laughs> well, I mean, he he's he has the venom suit, so he can clearly just throw a fucking car around, and so he probably yeah, he just can, killed. He also that. eats people. He probably he probably killed killed the dude, but I I love it because it's it shows his face. That's all you see. And he has this crazed look, and it goes back to MJ. And like the second later, the same violin sound, where it's just a jump scare and the violin scratch, and other things yeah. are happening. And yeah. And the and the venom gnarly hand with nails just just protruding out of the of the fingers it doesn't even look like it doesn't even look possible. Just grabs her face, not her not her neck, not her chest or anything else. It, he grabs like her her face. It's so yeah. creepy. A couple, um, a couple go ahead, that. Um, when uh, uh, my favorite kinetic shot in the movie is when he's fighting Sandman and he's playing, he's hitting the tank of the water, and the camera pushes in on Sandman's yep. face. That's probably yes, my yes. favorite. Yes. That so That's great. my favorite use. But to talk about what you're talking about with Venom and the horror element, when Venom first shows up and you see it crawling, and it's you can see that some of the goo is claws. That's pretty creepy and weird. And then you see when Sandman is created for the first time, how that sand moves and how it's more elegant and a little bit more humane. And I was like, oh, the, the juxtaposition of them is pretty cool. Like, yeah, the yeah. venom using the claws is so creepy. If I remember correctly, Raimi, one of Raimi's main reasons to have Sandman there was for the aesthetic. I mean, on top of the story, but he really liked the aesthetic and thought that it'd be really cool to have and interesting to have you know, s sand floating through the air, like he he could fly in a way. You know, oh, like a cloud almost. It's it, amazing. Yeah, you can tell that there there was a there was an idea seeded at the beginning where he's like that would look really fucking cool, <laughs> and and it does, and it looks really incredibly cinematic. Ah, oh, the whole transformation scene with with Sandman was was really really cool, and it holds up. It really fucking holds up. Um, right. something I did take away from this whole series, from this series as a whole, is like, um, Alex, you could probably could have just told me about this anyway if you wanted to, if I even brought this up at first. But like, um, I'm warming up to like Raimi's style. Like, this is like, is like the one thing that I've learned throughout this whole thing is like timing, like. Yeah. Um, like knowing what to show, when to show it, like only horror movie directors would know how to do that, and it translates well. Sam Raimi translates this well from horror to comic book action. Like, yeah. I do, like I do recognize it. That's something I'm gonna. That's something I take away technically from this. Um, like. It was just like it's a delight to watch. Like and plus, like the timing, even all of it just has purpose. Like I know and, it, it still does. Yeah, even when right. it seems choppy, and you're like, I, w I was watching this. I was recording some bits for like meme purposes to send to to send to my buddy, and I was like, oh, here's here's that scene, and then like a really, uh, like a. a a scene that I wouldn't expect like would come right after just to generalize it. I'm like, Whoa, that's right then. And I would like back up and like, Whoa, holy shit. And then, and he did that with Spider-Man two. And he did that with Spider-Man one where, 
right when uh, P- Peter saves all those people in Spider-Man Two from the the train, and he like nearly falls, and they and they grab him, and they basically uh, he crowd surfs, and he and he they put him down. And you're like, <laughs> oh my god, he's just he's just a kid, you know. And, and like as you pointed that, out, real- as you pointed out, the same the firefighter from the burning building was on that train. Yes. Yeah. Thank you for catching that. I sent you that. Yeah. 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 It was, it was crazy. Yeah. That was awesome. So it, yeah, it was really cool. But I, what I was getting at just to, just to speed this up, but he, uh, he gets saved by those people after he just saved them. And it's this really heartfelt moment. Oh my God. He's just a kid. He's just like us. Like, holy crap. And then Doc Ock comes in and rips half the train apart, and he's like, "Hello," blah blah blah, and ruins the <laughs> ruins that moment. But that's what I love so much. Like he, he ruins the moment in a good way. Like it in the movie didn't get ruined. It was the moment that was ruined, and he was it was ruined on purpose. You know? Yeah. And that's and he and it still translates all the way to Spider Man three with a right. scene where he's you know it, it goes from some Sandman thing and he's, you know, like talking about how he's fucked up and he's done bad things. And then it'll go to something like Spider-Man or Peter emo, Peter, like walking through the street and like snapping his fingers at ladies and dancing and being like a crackhead. Like, God, it's so like, that's not a good example. I don't think that's actually what happened, but you, you get my point where he'll put these things back to back and it's like, it seems like a, um, like a mixtape almost where it's like, Oh, interesting. It works like that song right after this song. Cool. Um, I, I just, I like it. It's the momentary stuff that I really like, especially in this movie. Cause like with that, um, with that Sandman fight in the subway and like he lands at the bottom. He lands. At, yes. Subway fresh. Um, Hashtag not sponsored. Um, yes, not a sponsor yet. Need some optimism yeah, there, buddy. I wish. Um, like, he lands, and he lands in a puddle. And then you can see he's, like, with wet sand, it just, like, clumps together and just kind of just falls off him. And, like, Sp- and then Spider-Man sees that. And then he goes over to that big, giant water main, and he lands on it, and it just starts spewing water a little bit and then he starts pulling it off and then the nails start to come off nail one close up it's like nail one zoom uh, in scientifically nail accurate. two yeah, zoom rivet. in they are rivets rivets dude rivets rivet 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 rivet, rivet. 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 Then, <laughs> next one zoom in from a different uh, angle it's like it's just like like that timing and that like momentary like it's like camp, but it's great, right? Like, that's the kind of thing that I, that's the kind of thing I'm gonna take like that I take away from this. It's just like, um, I'm sure I'll learn this when I <clears throat> when eventually when I see more horror movie directors like jumping into like action or just more horror in general. If I even can stomach going into horror ever, but like. <laughs> Here's a prime example of what you're talking about that I try to look for when that happens. In Doctor Strange, they had a horror movie. Scott Derrickson come in, uh, who I think made Sinister and then one other horror movie. Um, got big with those. 
came in with those, and I'm like, where am I going to see his horror movie elements? And I think it's in two particular scenes. A, when Tilda Swinton falls after getting stabbed, and then her body just hits the fucking concrete. That is a horror movie death right there, if I've ever seen yeah. one in the middle of an MCU movie. And then the other one is when he's fighting the guy, and uh, Rachel McAdams is trying to revive him at the same time. A, it reminds me of Peter Jackson's The Frighteners 100%. And then, uh, two, the, a lot of those jokes, if you watch it again, uh, is Rachel McAdams getting scared and getting spooked. And then after that, laughing, because there's a joke afterwards. That's like total technique from horror movies. And those are the two biggest things I saw. I was like, that's why you pick a guy like that. Because well, there's a bunch of crazy stuff happening. So to normal people, that's like, oh my God, I'm freaked out. And they should be, because the stuff is like magical now. We're dealing with like trippy magic. Yeah. He just blew up. He, uh, he just blew up Harry, and now he's about to start dancing in the scene. Oh, man. So no, great. Well, he no, he didn't. That's not the scene. It, oh. But that's a good example where he blows up Harry's face, and he walks out. And then he starts noticing, it, it cuts to a, him just walking through the city and like ladies are looking at him. This isn't when he's like a crackhead just dancing in the middle of the street. He's, he's just walking and he, and he sees these girls looking at him. You're like, ooh, ooh, it's getting worse. And then he sees the photo that Eddie supposedly took of Spider-Man. And he's like, yeah. I'm going to put some dirt. I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. Like, oh, it's getting worse and it's getting worse. He's just getting, he's becoming a super douche now. Like, super, super douche. Uh, there was... We've passed this scene, uh, God, like, a while ago. But it was the part where Harry jump scares Mary Jane when at, right after he realizes that Peter is Spider-Man and still thinks that Spider-Man killed his, uh, his father. Yep. You killed my father. Prepare to die. We uh, that movie at some he, point. <laughs> <laughs> he... Um, when he, when he scares MJ, like the jump scare, there's the, it's basically a drum sound. It's an, it's a usual jump scare kind of thing. It's like a cheap kind of scare where it's just a, a loud noise and then the character pops up and that's what's scary. It's like that loud noise is what shocks you. And then the aftertaste is him like popping up quickly, but I had the movie, uh, I had the volume up for i was i was doing something i was trying to record something on my phone for it and listening and then when that scene came on if you if you go back like after we do all this because it's a lot of work to rewind the movie but if yeah. you go back to that scene and you you turn the volume up a lot you can hear i kid you not amongst like his blade hovering and like the wind going through the window that he came through you can hear whispering underneath his voice when he's it's so fucking cool and i'm like i don't know if it's on purpose or it's just wait then wait which but scene that thing is the scene where where right after he he figures out that uh peter is spider-man and spider-man killed his father and then he goes to mary jane's apartment um and mary jane is just walking through the door and it's kind of dark and she's gonna like go to the the answering machine or something and then boom, jump scare. And he says something. He's like, I'm, I, I need you for something. I can't remember exactly what he says. If you put the volume up, there is whispering behind his voice. Oh, it is man. so, it's Ugh. so weird. Ugh. It's so, it's so 
cool. I, I don't Chef's even know guess. Where it's like, it's like that that crazed voice in his head that could be his father or you know the image of his father, but you know he's not a fucking ghost that I know of. So it's just the you know the his brain basically. I don't know. It was it was really cool. Okay. Yeah, it ties it ties in with the Doc Ock thing. We were talking about that in the, in the for the second movie where you can tell if if you've seen the movie more than once, you can tell that the arms are talking to him. But you can also assume that those the arms right after that horror scene where they kill all the doctors and surgeons that were trying to uh, remove them from Doc Ock. And then when he awakens, you can see that look in his eye when he's looking at these arms and the arms are moving in such a way where it looks like they're fucking talking to him. I love that they incorporated it. I don't know. I don't know if it's on purpose. I just like that it has that same effect in a totally different way with Harry. Are you watching the, the dancing no, thing now? He's watching the dancing thing. I'm sorry, Peter, but like, uh, oh, I know it so, distracted me too. So like, no, no, no. Uh, so like, he's in, the, he's in the office, right? He's like, I want my, he's like, you want the shots? I'll take the staff job. Double my, double the money. And then, he dances a little more, and then they cut back to him, and then he just obnoxiously just goes up to, um, he goes on his desk, ow, he goes on his desk, and he just puts his feet <laughs> up, to, puts in a mint or a candy, and then this is, uh, it's just Jay Jonah and, it, um, his, his, like, one of his uh, editors just standing there in silence, in just complete, utter bewilderment. Well, and... yeah, the editor was looking at Peter the whole time, like eye contact, but Jameson was looking at his feet and then looking at him again, and then his feet that were on his desk, and then back to Peter's eyes. It's so, it's so funny. It's so that funny. is my Peter Parker. I'm sorry. <laughs> you take as much crap oh. as Peter Parker has. Like, if I took as much crap as Peter Parker does, that's exactly how I turn. Yeah, out. There, there are small I moments. I think you're Nettie Brock, Chris. Chris, I think you're Nettie Brock. Okay, cool. That's great. You're a, you're right. a super douche, dude. <laughs> so you're douche. like you're 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 a Tom Hardy Eddie Brock, not uh, this Eddie Brock. This guy's a where I dive board. into lobster tanks and eat the lobsters. Uh, <laughs> You'll eat a guy, a guy in a convenience store if you need be. You'll eat a guy. I mean, I'll eat a man. Yeah, I, fuck, I fucking love that movie. I'll gladly talk about that movie with you guys. <laughs> All right. That's um, another movie where a horror movie filmmaker made it. And you got to look for the horror movie moments. Though mm-hmm. so some would, that's a, that would be an interesting, th- interesting like movie to go back to because like some have said that was more Tom Hardy than any, if any, if anything. But so I want to see, I want to, I want to see that movie again for myself. Yeah, I've heard and, he riffed, he riffed a lot with those like crazy scenes where he's like opening the fridge and like spazzing out. He's the most interesting thing about that movie. God, him eating chicken nuggets frozen. I, I, I still no. Those, those were, those were like, uh, those even weren't chicken nuggets. It was just carbs. I think it was just potato. It was just like a. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forget oh, what God. it. Like tater tots. Yeah, it was like tater tots or something weird. God. <laughs> anyway, any, um, any there. Uh, before I, before I forget again with the voices thing. Okay. Um, there's a specific part. At, in the third act of the of this movie, third one, where he has MJ, Eddie has MJ strung up, you know, miles above the ground with a cab, and there's a truck there, all that bullshit, and he had he has 
he's trapped Spider-Man as well. He's pinned him down. And he, the truck is falling, and Peter's like, oh, shit. And Eddie says, go get him, Tiger. And yeah. I'm like, what? What? Whoa, that's right. Like, I'm like, Whoa, how would he know about that? I'm like, holy shit. The suit is fucking talking to him. You yeah. can allude to that. You can allude to that Peter was wearing that shit. That shit's in his head. And then it, it leached onto Brock and he's all like, this is, these are his weaknesses. And he's just, he's been inside of Peter's head to an extent. And I was like, well, that's so cool. It may not have that same effect where it, you know, in, in the actual Venom movie where it's talking. And... No, it got me. It got me. When he says that, I was like, no, that's because the line stands out. It's meant to stand out. Yeah. Uh, and it's, but also, it's just, even when he comes to get Sandman at the beginning, he's like, hey, I've been looking for you. I know all this stuff about yeah. you. I know about this and that. It's like, oh, if you don't get it by then, if you don't get it by the tiger line, then yeah, absolutely. It, it, it was in you. Peter's head. They were having conversations. That's the thing. The elements are there. They just, some of them could use, some of these moments like are missing DLC. scenes. Like they are there. Like, like, yeah. Yeah. This is two movies. This should have been two movies. No, thank you for thank you for clarifying the other part. The because I I actually wrote that down in my notes about the the Sandman part where he's like, I've heard about you and stuff. Yeah, if you don't get it at that point, you're not going to get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So okay. So this would be usually I, usually we ask in a series which ones what's your ratings for the series. Um. But I also wanted to ask along with that. Well, well, let's rate the movie first, uh, and then I'll get those questions. What are you guys rating okay. on the movies? My, I'm going to go with, I know I gave two an A+, plus and I gave one an A, I think. A-. minus. You gave, you gave, we both gave the, the first one an A-. minus. I'm going to give this one a B. Uh, B+. B plus. B plus. I'll go B+. Plus. Those action scenes are pretty thrilling. There's a lot of connecting yep. and stuff. A lot of these moments work. And it's not for lack of trying. There's so much in here to unpack. It's just, you know what? I, I would watch this if this was an hour long. This needs another half an hour to an hour to film. I was going to say, this needs to be a three and a half hour film to actually really work. And then it'd be yeah. so good. Yeah, this could be a three hour movie and I would have watched it for sure. I think if, he, if I watch this movie, these three movies in a row in one day, this is a tough, tough pill to swallow to end it on. But I think that's the best way to do it. I think once you're watching them all in a row, you can kind of digest that all these other elements are there because you're still in the world and there's still a lot of care to everything, even though there's a lot of it and maybe too much of it. But then that ending happens and you're like, ah, okay. It's a very, it's a very sweet moment between him and Mary Jane. But like it, that impact of forgiveness and the empathy with, and the empathy that you lose with James Franco's character, Harry, um, hurts it a lot and so that's probably the best way to watch it i think watching them in a row and not taking time away from this movie and the other ones then you can the less you see this movie as a whole uh at, rather than part of the franchise i think the the better um so b plus oh man i just saw the club scene uh, i'm so torn yeah, <laughs> i know i have i have like i've got a few other things to add they're just kind of like scatterbrain stuff but I'll, I'll let you Dude, finish go, you like i i'm kind of i'm like really torn and trying to decide because like that that club scene is just so great because like it's just more emo 
Peter Parker, that's, and then just snaps the you out of it. Just exactly. Just snaps you out of it. I'm like, oh my god, where'd that come from? Raimi just knows how to put those things together, where it's a goof-ass scene of him dancing super cringe, and he hits MJ, and you're like, oh, what? Like, my my jaw hits the floor every time that fucking happens. I'm like, oh, what? And he's like, what? And she's like, what? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> and, and, that's, and that's where he breaks. That's where he snaps out of it when he has the suit on and that's why i think they still make it consistent that the suit is a substance in a way and it's substance abuse it yeah. uh, it doesn't could it's not controlling peter it's just amplifying his his ego and his pride and his narcissism when he hits mj all cards down on the table he's like oh my god i fucked up and it didn't i'm sure the the venom was saying something in his head you could imagine that trying to convince him he's like no i fucked up royally 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 fucked up and then he sees a fucking church like earlier in the film tells eddie as a joke if he wants forgiveness get religion and he sees that and he's like fuck that's a sign okay <laughs> and he, and he <laughs> i i also really like the anyway that that was i i I, I, I like that he kept that consistency, especially with Venom. But I also really enjoy the foreshadowing. I know it happens in a lot of movies, but I especially yeah. like it with this trilogy just as a whole. I, I, have, I didn't watch the, the first one because I wasn't a part of the, of the review then. So I just had no reason to watch it. So I just I started this, the second one and, and then the third one. So I, I can't remember off the top of my head with the foreshadowing and whatnot. I'm sure it's in there. But the second one, has that foreshadowing with Doc Ock. I mean, there's 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 just so much foreshadowing. I oh, it's 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 so cool. The the third one, one of my favorite uh parts uh with the foreshadowing is when Harry bop, bumps himself on the head and he's in the emergency room or he's just on the medical medical bed and it's after MJ and Peter leave from visiting him from the first time and he's like yeah I'd, I'd give my life for them and it and it the scene just kind of stays yeah. there for a second and you're like oh shit dude especially if you've seen the movie countless times you're like fuck fuck it's just so flat out like i'd give my fucking life for them and he says that at his most pure moment when he doesn't remember anything he says that he says it because he loves them so much that he he would he'd do it in the, in a heartbeat he'd give his life for them and that yeah. Harry, that Harry does come back at the end of the film in an odd way, like we discussed, in kind of a cheat kind of way. But I still like it. I still like that he, it's him in the end. It's Harry and it's Peter and it's MJ at their most pure. And it's them. And they've just, they've looked past everything that's fucking happened. Because, you know, they've got a lot of other crap on, the, on their plate right now. Like trying to fight a fucking alien and a sandman. <laughs> And I just, I, I just, I, I like that foreshadowing. Um, my brain's going scattered right now. Uh, I just got past the scene. Uh, we all did when he hits MJ, yep. and it, it basically just cuts to him in the shower, and it's such a calming moment. Right. Or it, it goes to him uh, going to the church, sorry, and getting the venom, the venom off of him, and then it goes. 
actually. I was going to ask about that. Do you guys, what do you guys think happened? Because he gets the suit off and then he passes out there naked. And then it gets on Eddie Brock and he turns into Venom. And then he does nothing. How does Peter get out of there? Well, why doesn't he just climb up the tower and kill I Peter? Think, I think Peter gets out of there really quickly because the next part is him in the shower. So I would Naked. assume that he's... <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, he, he guys, probably asking asked... the wrong questions. Did he Naked. swing around New York buck-ass nude? Naked! Yep. 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 Like... Uh, the other scene <laughs> literally fleshed out. I need these scenes follow, literally follow, fleshed out. Follow up, follow up question. Uh, it's a trick question. Was he holding his nuts while he was swinging? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> he was re-balling it, it, just letting it all hang out in the wind. Probably shriveled up. Uh, any, okay, on a, on a serious note, before I forget, it goes to the part where he's in the shower. Um, I just, I just love how how calming it is, and like how realistic that part is. You know, we've all had a fucking long day, especially Peter, at that moment, and he's in the shower, and you're just standing there, you're like, oh, ha, 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 ha. it's just, it was such a real moment for me. Uh, but then it's the the shot that really got me was after that one, and it's. He's sitting in the corner of his apartment, and the way that the camera is set up, it's 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 set up in a way where you can't really see Peter, and he's just sitting in this corner of his apartment. You can barely see him. It, it, it like it just takes you a moment to find him, and he's just he's just lost in the background. Like he doesn't he's lost in so many ways in the background as a person. He doesn't really know who he is. He fucked up royally. He doesn't know. And he's just sitting there. And he's like, where's Waldo? He's just lost in the background. It, I just love that so much. And at his most, uh, another weak part of him, I, I said that weird, but he's <laughs> so down. He's so down. And who fucking shows up? Goddamn right. You're goddamn right. Aunt May shows up. Aunt May, it's like the fucking force. She just sensed it. <laughs> She's there to comfort him, and and I I just that whole that whole moment after he gets the venom suit off from the shower, from him being lost in the background, from Aunt May coming in, and she's lost in the background. She's she's blurred out. She's deluded in the background. It's just focused on Peter's face, just really up close, and he just feels so fucking alone. I just, I just love it so much. Mm. Um, and yeah, how do you apologize to your girlfriend after just smacking her? <laughs> That's crazy to me. Oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's the same moment. She gets in the cab and it's like, yep. and he, where to? <laughs> oh, it's so cool. Um, where to, Stephanie? You don't know where that's from. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know where it's from. Yeah, you don't. Uh, um. But that scene when Aunt May's there and she tells him, um, you know, you have to forgive yourself. That's when he realizes he was never ready to be in a marriage yet. The towards the beginning when Aunt May gives him her ring that Uncle Ben gave her, and she's like, No, 
give give this to her and right when she asks him she's like are you willing to put your mj's life before yours are you willing to put yourself second behind her and he and there's that hesitation and he and he smiles and he's just like yeah he doesn't fucking get it he didn't get it then and he didn't get it all the way up until now until aunt may came up and she's like you got to forgive yourself and he's and that's when he realized it he's like you know what i've been a complete ass a super douche i've been putting myself before anyone else this entire time and i'm a fucking superhero <laughs> i should be putting other people's lives before mine and he's like oh my god i should be putting mj's life before mine i just I, you can see that thought process he didn't even fucking say anything it's just aunt may you know throwing some real shit at him just spitting bars <laughs> What's your grade? Speaking of which, if you uh, want to catch Alex spit bars, you can check out the Real Butter Butter cast. <laughs> he, uh, I'm almost done with my scatterbrain here. There's, uh, I, I get that feeling when uh, Harry and peter team up that legit that's the same feeling i got decade later when captain america got uh thor's hammer like that was that same fucking feeling like oh shit yeah i don't don't know It's it's just one of those things where like yeah it's the fucking team dude it's like avengers it's it's like i got that feeling back when I watched this I, film, like, wow. I did feel sentimental, yeah, watching them fight together is really fun. Because um, you care about these guys a lot. They were, you know, they were just buddies once. Um, I, yeah, I do, I do like that moment. It's not a surprise for me, or it doesn't really hit me the way that I think it hits in Avengers, and I only think it hurts. It works in Avengers so much is because there's so much going on that it's easy to forget that that is a moment that happens, especially if you don't read the comics. You read the comics, I'm sure you see it coming. Especially. But I, I don't. The, the thing is, it's not a surprise for me, but it is very nice to see, and it makes me also enjoy the moment where they're in the mansion together, being friends mm-hmm. again. Yeah. I'm at the I'm at the butler scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna not pay attention to that because it frustrates yeah. me. I've things in this house. I uh, never stop. Stop. I still have the spe- I still have your father died. I cleaned his penis wound. Oh, what? The blade that pierced his body was also my penis. I mean, came from his glider. <laughs> the dick. I mean, they told you I'm gay. Your father's honor. That's the line. I know you're trying to defend your father's honor, and maybe he was trying to defend his father's honor from Harry by not telling him that he was the goblin, but then how did you not see Harry turn into the goblin too and stop that shit? You are the also, reason. Also, yeah. Son- that and like even if he killed spider-man he's still a homicidal maniac like he will kill again (laughs) he needs to think about that before he Um, withholds information like that another scientist for energy (laughs) 
He's like, Peter, I found another guy. The fun is like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm not taking over the world. He's like, are you sure? Yeah, stop saying that. It makes me want to, never mind. Never mind. Any more thoughts, just... Peter, before we grade? Oh, yeah, just a few more. Just a few okay. more. Okay. Uh, there's just like a fun little Easter egg when Harry and Peter are back in at Harry's place, like after he came back from the hospital. Or came from the hospital. He's wearing the same outfit in the first movie when they're walking right. through the halls, and they have the basketball, and it's like the just an homage, like yeah, better times. And but Peter's like clearly not in the right mindset. Um, I, I just I don't know. I just like those little subtle things, and they just amplify so much for me. They just keep going. He um, sorry, I'm getting distracted by the giant yeah. fucking fight scene there's another They're part like, of me thinking why would you why would you dilute the sand and turn it into mud it's still sand you're not chemically changing it okay it's not a chemical change you're just is- adding water and mudding it so water can evaporate and sand is still there what he should have done was get a flamethrower and just turn sandman into glass and just shatter him into pieces. <laughs> I've thought about that so much. Like as a kid, I'm like, why didn't he just like get a flamethrower? Why didn't he call the human Chris Evans the Human Torch and say, "Hey, I need a, I need a, I need a favor. Just melt I him you, into ass. I need you here. and the Fantastic Four to create a fire tornado around this guy, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I just I've always wondered that. I'm like, you could really you could really do it. <laughs> you could really just like kill him that way. Maybe not kill him, but he'd just be immobile. He could not move. He's glass. Uh the someone um I when I watch the scenes with like the intimate scenes with uh Peter and Harry where it's not a good kind of intimate, uh, especially the scene where uh, they're at the um, coffee shop or something. And Harry's like, I'm the other guy, Pete. It just, oh God, it was so robotic. I'm sure it was supposed to look and sound and feel super fucking cringy just because that's how Peter was seeing it as well. But there's just something else there for me. Like I, I, every time I see that, I just get taken out and I see it as a meme. And really? I, yeah, it, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I've always tried to pin it and be like, this is why, but for some reason it always seems robotic to me. And the same, the same feeling happens when Peter comes back, even though I like the scene, he comes and he's like, Harry, we got to save MJ. Like, we got to put all this bullshit aside. Let's go save MJ. I still get that robotic feeling. It's a little bit less, but I, I don't know. I, it's so weird. I, I, wish I, I wish I knew why. Maybe it's because that thing kind of happened to me at one point. And he's like, I'm the other guy, Pete. He didn't call me Pete. Maybe that's why. But, <laughs> yeah, that'll oof. That'll, that'll do it. That'll do it. Uh, that'll cool. That'll clueless. Yeah, you'll pull clueless. Yeah, man. It's there's just a lot of little things, I guess. 
that I, I do that. I just love. And then there's like a small little things where I'm like, why wouldn't you just, why wouldn't you just, you know, tweak it this way? But who fucking knows? You know, all the shit he was juggling, he was probably, that was probably the last yeah. thing on his list where he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I had to do this, this, and this, and this, and this. I'm not going to give a shit if fucking Peter comes in and says, we need to save MJ. And then he's like, oh, the glider. I don't give a shit. I got to do this. I'll be right oh, back. I think there's big ones and then all the small ones wash away. That's it. Like I think the I think leaving Harry by the wayside is a massive emotional toll on the movie. And I think um the butler bullshit is just stupid. It's just stupid. Yeah. I think it's embarrassing. Those two things are probably my biggest those are my two biggest complaints. Everything else that I thought I had a problem with when they came to this movie, I don't really. And the rest is like it, the the rest just as a whole I can't accept because it's a big problem like that Harry thing is a big problem it really is he did the best he could but that is a ma- like it's a massive uh problem when he's like I'm gonna give him amnesia and just take his story out and put it on pause and you're like ah <laughs> ah, ah what the like I've really mixed feelings about that too especially the the final scene with Harry and Peter I do get a a good moment through it uh yeah and it it also seems you know a little forced and rushed i really i just it's so poetic to me that harry died the same way his father did yes but, agreed. but, but this time it wasn't out of like a a crazed lunatic selfish thing it was him being selfless and him being a hero like the complete opposite of his father and that is more like redemption to me than, you know, or re- not revenge, like redemption, like fi- fixing it. There's a different vengeance. Is that the, I'm what, what word am I trying to say here? Revengeance. Revengeance. Here's what I would say that I thought <laughs> about watching that everything works and I accept it. It's just not, it's not a full story. And he's the one who deserved it more than venom. When I thought of it, but at the, when I walked away from the end of the movie, I'm like, why does it hurt me so much? But it still works okay that I could watch this movie again and still feel something. He got Kylo Ren. We all knew that he was going to do it. We all knew oh, it was my gosh. What a call out. Like, that's basically what it is. Like, yeah, Rise of Skywalker sucks. And that Ben Solo shit is, like, out of nowhere. But we all enjoyed it. We all enjoyed him as Ben. I love Adam Driver as Ben. He was great. Like, it didn't make sense, but I didn't care. And yeah, Harry's stuff is rushed, and it, he deserved a better arc than what he got. But at the end of the day, yes, them fighting together is awesome. I liked it. It was great. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an ending that he deserved. We just didn't get to see it properly mm-hmm. executed. That's fine, but, like, it's there. And it's, 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 not like the, like, it's not like Harry became a massive asshole villain. It's not like he, you know, something really out of character happened with him. Everything through line happened. We just didn't take all the stops on the road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Well said, dude. Well said. It's, and I, I like that Raimi may not have been his final say to leave uh, Harry's death in there. I'd like to yeah. think so. But I like that who, they just, they kept that in the movie. They didn't, they didn't, um, you know, shy away from, having that moment because it's pretty clearly that was that was what was going to happen and they just missed a few of those stops but they weren't afraid to leave it in they weren't afraid to like you know what fuck it this is his send-off he forgives and he redeems himself 
and he revengeances his dad. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the majority of of what I all the all the side notes and stuff. And I just like the second movie. I really like the message, even though <sighs> in this movie, even though it took a decent amount of time to really get to that message clearly, and it's just. I don't know. Raimi just knows what he's doing, even when he has a million things on the table and trying to juggle everything and spin a bunch of plates. And he still did it. And I still, I still love the fucking movie. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I, I, uh, I just, I, I love, I love it. And there's the, the final thing I think I don't know if it's the final thing Peter says. It's it's not the final thing he do- he does. I think it's the final thing he says. He's like, whatever comes our way, whatever battle is raging inside of us, we always have a choice. My friend Harry taught me that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he chose to be the best of himself, and it's the choices that make us what we are, and we can always choose to do what's right. And I was like, you know what? Fuck yeah. In conclusion, fuck yeah. Mic drop. And then the scene with him and MJ and he goes back to the to the jazz bar, jazz restaurant, and she's singing and he takes her hand. Set again. Yep. And he hits her again and he beats the living shit out of No, I'm just kidding. And they I (laughs) I like that. And for me, I felt that it was like, let's just not start over, but like I forgive you. I fucked up. She's like, "You're a superhero. It's okay. You did fuck up." <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, it's one of those things end. where I just I lie. That's all you need. No one fucking talks or anything. And the last thing is that Peter says is that, and then that's like you know a couple minutes later that that happens when he comes comes walking through that that door at night and takes her hand. Was it at night? I can't remember. But there's there's some um, an early morning jazz cafe. <laughs> yeah, er, early morning, early early morning, five a.m. Yeah, at least <laughs> he um, uh, he just Ramy just knows he just knows how to at least save something. You know, write a good movie, and if it starts to turn out bad, he's like, "I'm gonna save it. I got it. I got it. Just trust me. I got it. <laughs> it's gonna be okay." <laughs> Harry just hit another beam again. <laughs> oh, oh he beam. did, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Oh There's okay, so I have the I have the all these on DVD, like the whole holy trilogy, okay? But I'm not I'm not watching it that way. I am watching it a, a different way. And yeah. I have a bunch of behind the scenes and stuff on in for the trilogy thing. And there's, especially for the Spider-Man, uh, the third, the third one, there's some cool, uh, not what, what is it? It's not outtake. It's not bloopers. It's just things that didn't make the cut that were deleted watched. scenes. Yeah, thank he you. Was. Deleted scenes. Jesus Christ! Why did I couldn't think of that word? Those words. And there's, uh, there's one where the one that really sticks out to me is, um, it's after. Peter lets uh, Flint go, Sandman go, forgives him, um, and 
there, there's some weird cut to a giant fucking sandcastle where his daughter is either going to school or playing or something. <laughs> and his daughter walks up to the giant sandcastle, which is clearly him. And she, like, touches it in a way. And, like... It, I don't know. It was a cool moment, but I can tell, I can see why they left it out. Cause you're like, what <laughs> the fuck? I, I get what's happening, but you're like, what? I think that would work in a comic very well. I think that could work on film if he had more, if we spent more time with him and had more time to empathize with him. It would not have worked in this movie because at the end, I'm still very iffy on whether Peter Parker should have let him go. I think the only reason he let him go is because he knew he couldn't beat him. And was like, yeah, I forgive you for killing my uncle. I can't take him now that Harry's down. I forgive you. Get out of here. He's going to kill me. He's going to kill you. You want to look at it in that sense. Sure. Why not? But my point is you can't. This movie did not earn that moment. Could it earn that moment if they gave him more screen time? I think so. I think Raimi could pull it off. But that is the kind of thing that I actually think works best in a comic book. Because it's just an image. Yeah, yeah, and and you can, yeah, for sure. You carry the rest of it in your head. I think the re- the re- doing the rest of the work of that image in your head works. You don't, you know, like I I, I think you could pull that off in a comic better than anything else. Like in a mm-hmm. novel, just that idea in your head. Yeah, works. it's 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 the it's that translation, isn't it? Where you, it works there because you can just read it and you can look at it for however long you want. But when you shoehorn it at the end of the movie you're like where did this come from yes agreed yeah there's um another is cathartic yeah yeah there's there's so much other behind the scenes stuff that i watched as a kid i just loved but there was i don't know if it was a behind the scenes thing it's just like an extra little fun thing at the end of the extra credit or the extra extra scenes bloopers behind the scenes thing there's something else there and it was the song uh, signal fire by snow patrol oh yeah i know yes so that song half of that song is in the credits of of the normal cut that everyone has seen but there's a music video that they have but it's only it only goes to um the it's the whole song but the music video is a play, like a fake play that's being performed. So it's showing a little bit of like behind the scenes, people like getting ready, their costumes on. It's like these kids performing a play of Spider-Man. It's so cute and it's so adorable. And that song is playing. It's so fucking emotional. It made me cry as a kid. Like oh, it just <laughs> broke me down, dude. And, and uh, the one that I saw, which is a part of that, uh, a part of the behind the scenes stuff it has the the third movie incorporated into the music video but there's another version out there where it just goes to the second movie it just goes to doc ock and it ends there and it's a kind of a weird ending and you're like oh that's why because they probably released this shit before the movie came out so they couldn't even put venom and all that stuff in there but it's it's just adorable and uh i kind of forgot about the song until I listened to it in the credits again. I'm like, oh my God, that song? It made me cry again, just last night. 
Dude, it's just it's one of those it's just one of those songs where it can be interpreted in so many ways, just like how Spider-Man can. Uh, and ah, it's just you're just gonna have to listen to it and really listen to the lyrics because it's it's just it suits the movie so well, but it can also suit any other sort of relationship that you're in. Not even a relationship, just or not a romantic relationship, any sort of relationship. It's it's just so fucking beautiful. I don't think I've listened to any other songs that Snow Patrol has done. So it's just it's just right. one of those things. Huh? They're okay. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> what? So Snow Patrol's like a low grade um uh uh Death Cab for Cutie, I would say. Mm-hmm. They have oh, a, well. they have a good sound. I yeah, that song is so good. The song I would give an A plus beautiful makes me cry uh <laughs> the movie i am incorporating the theme of forgiveness into my final my final rating and how important it is to forgive everything and you know the dangers of of ignoring it and if you know and not forgiving and the poison of revenge so i'm gonna give this movie a solid a minus I don't, for me, it's not a B. I'm willing to look past that shit and I still get the message and I still think it's a beautiful movie. I don't think it's an A plus like Spider-Man 2. I don't really know. I don't want to rate the first one, but bruh, I'm giving this an A minus. Oh man, I am. That was actually all well said. Um... (laughs) Listen, okay, so... I like this movie kind of for the wrong reasons, but like, okay. there's I don't still know if there's a wrong reason. There's still like some solid merit to it in places like where Raimi tried to make it work. It shows, and then there's like the Butler stuff or the backhand yeah. <laughs> or. Well, the uh, backhand was some real shit. I don't know if that, I would put Okay, that. yeah, that's a good point. All right, I'm just tired. Um, that just, like, that was just so jarring. It's like, oh, my gosh, you just backhanded Mary Jane. It's, just so, it's, just, it's such a shocking thing to yeah, happen in dude. this movie. Um, things in this movie. Um, I'm dancing with the B. Okay. Don't take that literally. Um... Are you sure you don't want to restart? I feel like. <laughs> Listen, my phone is like, like, already like on the opposite end of the room, so I'm not gonna. All right, I'll do a little restart. something. Oh, I thought you were gonna do um. I thought you were is that opening drum. So it kind of sounded like um, God. What's his name? I don't know, man. Peter Gabriel. Uh, goo 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 goo. Phil Collins. Goo goo. <laughs> Phil Collins. Sorry. There are no strangers to <laughs> Anyway, um, so do I. Two worlds, one family. Um, uh, here we are. The final scene. They hold hands. They look like they're both about. It's to so anticlimactic, anticlimactic too. Um, I've come to. I think this again. Scene would work 
if it was fleshed out properly. It's not. Right. Uh, again, um, just the right elements that don't come together. I'm going to go with a B. I think I'm just going to uh, stay at a B. Like, like, what works, works. What doesn't work, damn. Um, <laughs> sure, sure. But, fair. like, the effort was there, and I can't ignore it. Um, yeah, I think, I'm at a, I think I'm at a B. This is not, like, as bad of a movie as, like, purists will tell you. And it's yeah. wild to me to think that the start of the MCU is literally a year after this movie. Dude, it's right around the corner. It's right around the corner. That's right. Yeah. This holds cons- for a movie that is for for five years after the first one. Yeah. It's it's a it keeps the tone consistent, but things were ready to change. The Dark Knight was like this year as well. No, Dark Knight was two thousand eight, same year as Iron Man. Okay, so yeah, this was the end. This was the end of an era of these kinds of films. Honestly. Oh, round of applause. Round of applause, Sam Raimi. Here's here's my questions. Round of applause for Sam Raimi. My next my next question is going to be: How does this rate for Spider-Man films in general for you? Okay, listen, I have admittedly <laughs> not seen no. Amazing Spider-Man two. I have seen okay. Amazing Spider-Man, and you're fine. So discussion. Right. Um, I'm, I'm three top Spider-Man films for you. And where does this rate in that kind of ballpark? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. You saw my reactions when I saw um, Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, I remember just thinking, like, there are better twists than this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I, I was an idiot. Still am. Um, so... I think number one, Spider-Man 2. Number two would be Spider-Man 1. What do I put in a number three? Oh, wait, Spider-Verse. Damn. Oh, God. Um, oh, I was going to say, I was like, you're scaring me, dude. Did you not see Spider-Verse either? I did see Spider-Verse. Oh, my God. Um <laughs> Okay, that was my reaction. Oh, God. You're asking me to to pick between Spider-Man 2 or Spider-Verse. Oh, man. There's no no better time to ask you than after watching the entire trilogy, because after this, we're all going to take a break, unless you want to watch other Spider-Man stuff. And to be honest, I kind of want to go back to the Amazing Spider-Man movie, but I want to take oh, a so bit I, time. I should have known this was going to happen. I told you. Yeah, I was going to say something. I am going to finish Spider-Verse. I am going to watch. I'm gonna, I watched 20 minutes of Spider-Verse. I am going to go back to that. Yep. I am in, to totally finish that. That's next on my list. I was like, I'm, I need to watch the end of, of the Spider-Man 3. And I'm like, then I'm going to wait a day. And then I'm going to watch Spider-Verse. This is actually the other thing I want to do. The new Miles came out, so I may watch that playthrough because I watched the playthrough. Oh yeah, that game. yeah. I have to play it. I'm saving it. Yeah, I think I might watch that soon. High Top Films just put out something. I think it was today. On the game. On the game, yeah. He's a he's a diehard fan of the Raimi Raimi movies. He reviews a lot of other movies too, but 
he's got a very strong and well thought out opinion about a, a lot of things in the Spider-Man movies and other movies in general that I was telling Alex, I just want to meet that guy. Just like talk to him. As, yeah, as, as <laughs> Spider-Man, he was my first reference point. I think he has the definitive videos. But like I wanted to come up with things that I thought were different, but he really did remind he really did bring to the table about Harry. I was like, why isn't this working? I'm like, I should hate Venom more, but I don't. A lot of this works. And I yeah, yeah. Really, I literally was not thinking about Harry. I was like, Franco's doing great. Franco's got a great performance. He gets to do a lot, but I wasn't thinking about how they were putting him into the story. And then when he said it, I was like, oh, you idiot. Yeah, dude, Franco's like, I'm not emotionally connected because he's the one I should be caring about, not Venom. Like I get, I understand Venom yeah, as an equation man. to storytelling, but I don't understand why I don't care. It's because the person I care about is like on the sidelines playing basketball in his own fucking house. <laughs> um. Okay. If we're talking movies, just the movies, man. Just the movies. Man, I just would. Three, I would. I would total, if we were talking any Spider-Man story across any visual medium, I'd put Spider-Man PS4 in my top three. Um. That was just baller. Um, to put that, I, I will accept game. I, I'll accept game with this because it is technically still a story that was told. And it's a it's, no. Uh, we said movies. We said movies. I'm gonna stick with movies. No, no. I mean, I think it's about time. Like th that's the next level of storytelling is gonna be video games. True. Eventually, especially with VR. So I'm then. I'm Spider Verse is number one, like. Him, like the shot, like the one, the thing that solidifies it for me, the shot of Miles ascending in free fall is just. It's beautiful, ah! dude. Um, beautiful. Like that movie wins on that shot alone. Never mind the fact that that whole movie is just a blast start to finish. Um, and then I'm going to go Spider Man PS4. Like as a Peter Parker story, with a little with a hint of Miles Morales in there to set up the, this new game that came out, like just great, best Mary Jane that I've ever encountered. Um, second place goes to Shailene Woodley because she was never in the movies officially. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> and then I have to go with Spider Man Two, like. I think that's my top three across that whole spectrum. But if it was just movies, I'd be like <clears throat> Spider-Verse, Spider-Man 2, and then Spider-Man 1, honestly. Because, like, okay. the camp, like, that camp and the way they set up Peter Parker is so much better than than in home than, than in Homecoming. Like, Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. I think like I, that, I, that I, is I, a vision. That is a singular vision right there. I think um, I think that's the way to go. Those are the three to to go with. I want to watch the Amazing Spider-Man again, so as I want to be more generous to it eventually. And Tom Holland's fine. And those movies are fine, but it really you don't as Spider-Man movies they don't affect me as much um, mm -hmm. because of their connection to the universe. And I think that that would be better. Uh, if he was connecting more with people in that universe. His universe, I don't care that much about. Him and MJ is fine. Him and his best friend are fine. He's got a side bully, whatever. His teacher's whatever. 
He goes on field trips, yada, yada, yada. Like, he's a high school kid. It's, it's John Hughes. I get it. I want him to interact with other superheroes now. I want him to actually interact with that world. Like, I, I, that's the thing I want. If you're connected to this world, I'm not interested to Peter Parker's separate life. If you're going to do that, like, commit 110% to the idea that he is a guy with a normal life who happens to be a superhero. I don't feel that in the MCU that I don't much. I don't feel that either. It does no. not feel like that. And they do have those emotional scenes where it's tense and he figures out that the supervillain in the that he's trying to battle is his fucking date's dad. Like what? Like yeah. that should that awesome. should be that, that should awesome. be it, it was an awesome scene, but that should for me that should have felt more awesome when you have scenes like in, for example, the the second movie um, with with Toby, where you have you just have so many intimate scenes there. I mean, they're just countless. I don't even need to fucking describe one to you. They're just countless, and it should be the same thing. It's it's one of those things where, yeah, it's a Spider-Man film, but you have to have those intimate parts. You need to have those character developments. It can't always just be you know, fists and webs and fighting and cool Spider-Man outfit and, you know, but it just, it just doesn't happen in the new ones for me. I don't know why it, I just don't get that feeling. And I'm not saying it's like, I want the exact same feeling that I get when I watch the, the Holy Trilogy, but that's, that's just, that's bullshit. If I want that feeling, I'm going to watch that movie. I just want that intimacy. I want, and that, that you can find in, you know, any fucking movie if they do it right yeah i think the thing is i i want to go back to the amazing spider-man because i really did like andrew garfield as spider-man i did I too man you but were really, adamant it was just so funny i'm sorry yeah I so, was so we, adamant about not well, including that and another, there, was, there was another video that i caught on by somebody who made a really interesting argument for just the concept of andrew garfield as a teenager in those movies and i was like there's a lot about this I kind of like. and But it, the second one is trash. The second one is trash. You will never, ever change my mind that the second one is not trash. It is. It's like, it's total Batman and Robin, Batman Forever level. And just because I grew up on those and I can be nostalgic about them to some level, I understand that those are also just trash. Like, let's just <laughs> fill the set, fill the costumes, fill the, everyone overacts. That's what we're doing, and it's like, no, and it just doesn't, none of it works, it's all dumb, and it doesn't understand the character. It tries to connect to certain moments that don't work because there's other moments that are just too over the top. The first movie doesn't win me over by the end, but I've also been harder on it in the past. And there are things about it that, as a Spider-Man movie, I think that, that offers to the table that the other ones don't. I think the thing that makes Raimi better than the other ones so far is that it was able to go over so much time of Peter Parker's life, from high school to college to adulthood. We're still stuck in high school with Peter Parker in these last two movies, and to be honest, I don't know. That, life, that high school life just doesn't really change anything for me with him. He just I like Tom Holland. I don't... Yeah, he just... I don't know that high school. It's doing. It's tough because they they made that a big part of the story too because of the snap and everyone coming back and it's like shit. We all like have either we skip a grade or we remain in the same grade and we have to go through high school for another like you know three years whatever the hell it was. So 
<laughs> you have like that weird where I kind of I I liked that I liked the idea of that and in, in the at the end because <clears throat> I was like oh shit yeah everyone's fucked everyone ever everyone has to be in school still and all the people that were freshmen when you were like a junior aren't like either graduated or <laughs> surpassed you in in any way. It's like it's a weird it's a weird feeling but like yeah i'm sure peter parker's like god damn high school jesus christ i don't fucking yeah um um all i know about amazing spider-man 2 is that uh <clears throat> gwen stacy dies and uh that's enough to piss me off because um like spider-verse has made me appreciate like spider gwen and uh, Emma Stone would have been great for that role, so it pisses me off that they actually well, just decided to break it's, her neck. <laughs> but well, that's, that's also a part in the comic, though. Yeah. Like that's a, that's yeah. a real thing. She snaps her neck because Spider-Man couldn't save her. That's a whole other dilemma that he. That but given like the spoke. previous movie, and then the, like the whole trilogy before that, where every freaking Spider-Man movie has to end with a stupid freaking funeral scene, like it feels like they just like. Not be, they had the scapegoat of well, it was in the comics, but really, you just needed another freaking funeral oh, scene. No, I well, first of all, he is he is a superhero that does have a lot of grief around his life, and it isn't just because it was in the comics; it was a defining moment for him. He still had Mary Jane in his life after that moment, and being with Mary Jane after that moment was a big, important thing. Gwen coming in was a multiverse thing that has explored the multiverse and proves that right. like exactly. it has led it has led to other things that is groundbreaking. But also in the original thing, that was a story. And yes, it does suck the whole a woman dying defines a hero, but also it was a big part of who he was that a lot of that arc came into who Mary Jane was. But like it had never been done in a movie before. It would be like Batman and Robin, except not ever making Robin. You know, it's it's a choice you can make, but you also can make it too. There's there's merits to both, and I I the thing is, her dying is not the problem with that movie, and the choice of it, her dying, is not the problem with the movie. The choice is everything that leads up to it is okay. awful. He's so doctor, okay, like she should have left London. Like he was a terrible boyfriend. The father said get away, and he didn't. Like all he does that whole movie is just stalk her. Like. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> it is. It is pretty creepy. I I'm fortunate though that that the the time that I live in, I I live in a time where I I have not one trilogy, but I have two movies after that, so that's five, and then I have Spider Man, uh, Homecoming, Spider Man Far From Home, and then including all the other stuff that he's in, Civil War, and then uh end game right or uh, infinity war infinity war and a little at the end of end game just a little bit like dude that's like that's that's over seven like appearances of spider-man in you know cinema that's like that the the child in me that's controlling my adult vessel is just screaming with excitement. I don't like, yeah, it's a fucking it's a <laughs> shitty ass movie. It's amazing Spider-Man 2. Horrible. Are you kidding me? I that was fucking horrible. But it still yeah. gets me so excited. I still got excited when I watched it. Even after I was like, wow, that sucked, but fuck. It's Spider-Man. It was so cool. I just still love Spider-Man. It's just I don't know. 
Of course, I, it's a I, shitty I, movie. It's not gonna. I'm not gonna say it's a good movie just because I like Spider Man. I know it's a bad movie. I just still get excited because I love Spider Man that much. Of an immediate in with that movie, so I, that's why I asked the question was like so that we could talk about all the movies that have especially come after this trilogy. But I'm gonna change my answer here a little bit. I'm gonna say Spider Verse is the best. Amazing, uh, Spider Man, Spider Man, oh, Spider Verse, dude, the best. dude. <laughs> Spider-Verse is the best. Uh, Spider-Man 2 is the second best. And Civil War is the third. That is the best way to utilize Tom Holland's Spider-Man in the MCU. He comes in. He gives his, with great power comes great responsibility. He quips. He kicks ass. He's fun. He's still a teenager. And then he goes off. And, like, I think he works best in that movie. And And, like, Homecoming is fine and has great moments to it. But, like... No, I don't. I think within the realm of what that universe is, that's where he worked the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a lot that I, I really, really, really love about Tom Holland's Spider-Man. But honestly, I kind of want to push for us just continuing the Spider-Man movie reviews, like past this one. Well, like, then you should have, you should have talked to Alex before he had vehemently said we are not doing Amazing Spider-Man. No, we have rules in terms of uh, our wheels. We that you too. be on the series, you need to have three movies, and if you want to be on the other wheels, you have to go. So if we want to get to Amazing Spider-Man, it's got to go on either Curiosity or Good, and I think it's best on Curiosity, and then it's got to land on it, and then we'd have to do a Spider-Man Two on the bad wheel. So we could do it on either wheel, and then one may hit before the other. Uh, <laughs> Um, Dude, you have already, you've already messed this up. <laughs> why, why not? Why not do a, a Peter wheel where it's my wheel, and I just come in? It's just another, like a little. It's like another move in order for the Buttercast to take over. It's a little. It's a little like. It's a little pinwheel. It's like a little guy. It's just, it's not, <laughs> anyway, watch. That's the point, man. You just go with the wheel. The wheel can be cruel and the wheel can be great in fact okay. we can't want to spin the wheel tonight if we wanted to how we are we... we are we are okay how it's... about how about yeah. this how been about talking for of... five hours we've been talking yes. for almost five hours what if we do it's not a wheel but it's a peter cube okay hear me out <laughs> so you write the movie down whatever movie it is a chance cube it's just a, it's just a die, okay? Yeah. And you just roll it, and it's not a wheel. Eh? Not no. All right, Red I'm starting. For the boy. Let's start. Let's start over. Can we start over? His mother. Can we? Can we start over? <laughs> Dude, it's too late at night. I gotta go to bed. Can we please spin the curiosity? <laughs> I've effectively deflected rating the Spider-Man movies. I know me saying that doesn't help me, and now I've put that back on the table, but there's no way I'm rating these. I trademarked that phrase. I made that phrase. You did. You did make up that phrase. It was the, the yeah, effectively deflected, and I am not rating them. I can't do that. Sorry. Uh, that's fine. Okay, so wheel spinning. What's the wheel? <laughs> we are... Spinning the curiosity wheel. So this is how oh it's going to work. This oh is no! how it's going to work. Oh no! So this is how it's going to work. 
We're gonna spin the curiosity wheel this week, but uh-huh. next next week we're doing we are one hundred percent doing as a bonus episode V for Vendetta because Zach will be back. Hashtag Zach will be back. Um, and so the movie we we choose tonight is the one we are doing after V for Vendetta. Yes. So that's how that's gonna work. Just Zach. Zach will not be spinning the wheel. We will not be spinning the wheel next week. Okay. Right. I I hold no responsibility for whatever's going to happen. Just <laughs> it's going to be a five-hour episode. I I am appreciative. Let's do this. All right. So now we have. So before we do, we have to pick movies that we are going to replace with whatever gets picked. Well, I'm not picking, am I? Am I I'm just here for the ride? If you want to. If you want to pick. I want you to pick. Just, you just have to understand what the what the wheel is in terms of yeah. you. No, say it again, but very so, slowly, and say it like I'm uh, Bernard, okay? Uh, okay, so Ber- uh, Peter. Peter. Right. Peter. Right. Peter? Okay, Peter. Okay, I got to ask you something. Okay? Right. Here's my... Okay. Of his okay, I get you, Bernard. Bernard, this ah. is bad. Well, right not, away, sure. I'll get I'm you. The glider was his dick all along. God damn it! Oh fuck! Uh, he <laughs> always fucks up the drinks. I know he's getting <laughs> eaten. It's just gonna be Pepto Bismol milk. Every put a bunch of roofies in there for you. That's off. <laughs> I, I could use okay, that. so Curry, we're gonna get curiosity. Curiosity works like it's a movie either you haven't seen at all or a movie that you have not seen in a very long time. Okay, and want to revisit. Okay. That's right. curiosity. We could have seen it. It doesn't matter if we have. This is about you. Oh, self-centered. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah, self-indulgent is more like it. Dang, dude, I've seen so much. The movies that I love, I see so much. I'm going to have to... Yes, but Chris has it. That's the other thing. You can think of other people if you want. No, 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 I'm self-centered. So... (laughs) (laughs) He owns a movie theater, Uh, you should know. I... Ah, man. I live in the attic, I know. I know. Um... Huh. I, I, I let, first of all, let's do something here. Do, Chris, do you want to read the backlog? I can read give the backlog, my, and then I because uh, I didn't know we were going to do curiosity. I had some good, so I'd like a good refresher. These are all backlogs. You don't have to choose any of these. These are just things to give you ideas about uh, where we're heading with these. All okay. right. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Jupiter ascending. Mm-hmm. Lost in Space 2001, the one with William Hurt, Matt LeBlanc, and Gary Oldman. Heather, Heather Graham. I'm pretty sure that is actually 1999. Oh, boy. It's in 2001. Um, Interesting. The Gold Rush. Mm-hmm. Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. Close Encounters with the Third Kind. Wait, pause, pause, pause. Time out. Is, is, it, is it Groundhog Day or is it Groundhog's Day? I need Groundhog's that. Day. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh my god! It's the, it's the Groundhog's Day. Oh my god! I've been saying it wrong my whole life. Cool. You know, it's the Mandela effect. Yeah, <laughs> I'm over it. What's the next one? Purple Rain. 
Oh, um, Prince again? Wow, I'm we're really good with foreshadowing in this. Yeah, uh, Donnie Darko. Ooh, True Romance. <laughs> that was one of the most interesting sounds I've ever heard in my life. It was crazy. <laughs> okay, sorry. So, True Romance, uh-huh. Battle Royale, The Medallion, Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets. Hostage, Smoke and Aces, Wolf Children, what Beetle, that? yeah, I don't know, Beetlejuice, oh, Beetlejuice, Tur- Turbo Kid, Ooh. Speed Racer, Water World, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, the Leonardo DiCaprio one. The Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. Gone with the Wind. Um, Ten Things I Hate About You. Eight-Legged Freaks. Coraline. Tropic Thunder. And a... um, and a Bollywood movie called I. It's just the letter I. And it's bonkers banana. I'm sorry. Like, it's a movie called I. It's three hours long. It's three hours of Bollywood. It's great. Anyway. So that's what's on the backlog. They all muted themselves. Or I just lost connection. It's one of the two. We'll follow um, your lead. Okay. So, Alex had PTSD, right? And um, he just went on a tirade. Started, he killed a few people in my complex. And um, so I saw it. I had to, yeah, I had, to, I had to bail him out of jail. So My daughter yeah. is sick, so empathize. Oh, <laughs> I am still covered in fish oil. <laughs> you should start over. Oh, that was pretty good. Okay. Uh, um, I feel like we really messed this up. I think we should probably restart. What do you think, Chris? <sighs> nope, we're good. Um, oh. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay, so I, I heard Tropic Thunder and I went, Ooh! Okay, last one in the backlog is a Bollywood movie called I. It came out in 2015. Apparently there's three movies in it and it's three hours long. Whoa! Holy shit. Yeah, a whole other world that Bollywood. Yeah. Bollywood's amazing, man. So that's the entire backlog that we okay. that we have collected. Interesting. Uh so what what's I'm I'm really stupid, so you're really gonna have to hand me this information. So what's next here? You gave me all the movies. Now just to give you an idea of to pick a movie that maybe you're curious about because you okay. haven't seen it. Got or it, you haven't seen it in a long time. A long time, yeah. Hmm. Can you do the whole thing again? No, I'm just kidding. Do uh, uh, you want to you jinx it? <laughs> you want me to, like, tell you? Or do you want me to 
Like, you can, dude. You can work out what's going through your head out loud. That's fine. I do okay. that all the okay. time. Um, I've been looking. Uh, I haven't. It hasn't been a long time since I've seen Beetlejuice, but I've always really wanted to dissect that movie like a lot, a lot. And I just saw a video about. It just popped up in my feed on YouTube where it's like, how did Beetlejuice actually die? Like. You know, because it seems like in the afterlife, people stay like they're there. You see them, you perceive them how they died, you know, I guess. So like some people have their throat slit and smoke is coming out of it or some people are flat or, you know, you know what I'm talking about? It just interested me and I watched it. I fell asleep to it. I passed the fuck out watching that. But I was like, ooh, this movie has some has some questions in here, doesn't it? So Beetlejuice really stood out to me. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, there was um, it wasn't Tropic Thunder. There was uh, Donnie Darko was the one that really got me excited. But I've seen that so many times, and I've done I've written a paper on that one, so I don't really feel like <laughs> talking about it more. <laughs> I'm fair enough, fair enough. I'm down. I'm down for Beetlejuice. I really wanna. I really wanna dissect that one. Okay, Beetlejuice, okay. it is. Alex, you got one? Uh, do you have one, Chris? I do. I won! Go, go ahead, Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Um, Valerian again. I want to try, try out Valerian again. Because um, I just found... So I'm... Pardon the pun. I just... So I discovered um, Filmjoy, and I'm diving into, like, movies with Mikey and Deep Dive, and they did a uh, deep dive for Valerian. Oh, and now... It's piqued my curiosity. That was not pardoned. Valerian, I've seen actually a few times. Um, Me too. Me too. Uh, actually, I think I saw it once in theater, and I think I saw it once at home. Um, Never I've seen got, it. Always meant to. I've got a lot to say the, about that, too. I want to know what the most expensive European film and the most expensive indie film ever made has to offer. I want to know what they came up with. Like, in terms of, like, a visual <laughs> as a visual passive narrative experience, I want to know what all that accumulated as. <laughs> and, and form an opinion on it. Woo! That'll be a fun one, then. That'll be real fun. It's really gorgeous. Um, it is... Uh, beautiful visually. Um, it's kind of miscast. Uh, and it's, it's yeah. Speaking of Dane DeHaan, <laughs> very aimless. I love there are things that I love Dane DeHaan in, yes, but yeah. Um, there is a movie that oh my god, that's right, holy shit. Um, I'll, since you guys are picking interesting ones, I'm gonna go crazy. And, and there's go. a movie that this I used is, to watch. This is a movie that I used to, Okay, there's a few that I'm thinking of when I was a kid. Um, okay. Oh, my God. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I don't know if... The, okay, this is more curiosity. There's one that I have that's more curiosity than one that I know is bad. Has to be bad these days. But I'm also curious as how bad it is. There's a movie called Milk Money. It's about a group of kids that go to the city pull their milk money together to go find a prostitute and pay her $100 to see her tits. And then that prostitute then goes home with one of the kids, lives in his treehouse, and falls in love with his father. 
while her pimp, Michael McDowell, starts looking for her. Um, <laughs> it's, it's insane. It's insane. It's insane. It, ha- it cannot be good. It cannot be good to this day. And then there's another movie with Mark Wahlberg called The Big Hit. It is from the late 90s. It's one of his first action movies. It's made by a Chinese filmmaker with American cast. It's about a group of hitmen, and Mark Wahlberg uh, ends up kidnapping. He gets involved in a kidnapping with one of the guys as a side thing instead of actually being hired by the boss. And he gets, uh, side, he gets sidelined with having to hold the girl hostage while the guys do all the ransom and stuff. And he ends up falling in love with the girl while everything goes to shit. The action is both interesting and weird. It's also really kind of, I feel like I watched it a lot and I feel like it was good, but also bad in a lot of ways. Like there's a lot of memorable images and stuff, but I also know it can't be good. But milk money has to be talked about at some point. Somebody has to address that fucking movie. And I don't understand why nobody has yet. Okay. Milk money needs to be approached. All right. So we've got Beetlejuice. We've got Valerian, and we've got Milk Money. Yeah, Milk Money's got to be it. I know it's a bad. <laughs> come back on the bad movie later, and the big hits more curiosity. But I got. I'm so interested in what Milk Money was. I saw it a little bit on TV not too long ago, and I'm like, this whole thing needs to be addressed. <laughs> and spin. Whoa! Just like that. I know. Exactly. You can see it if you want to. You can ask him, but I don't like to. I trust Chris. Show mm, me. Mm, show me mm. the money. I'll show you the money because it's milk money. Oh my god! <laughs> Dude! <laughs> Holy shit. Holy shit, you guys. This is like, okay, there's a movie put on the God, Oh no. Oh no, what did I just do? I was on a whim too. Oh no! Oh my this god! This is like the end of Spider-Man Two, where he bur- where she bursts and it's just like, listen, I want you, and then he has to fly yeah. off, and then now then it's that frown. Now it's that frown. There can be real, <laughs> real consequences to this, man. Okay, so, I hope I hope you know. Well, okay, so yeah, this is there's a movie that I put on the bad wheel not too long ago called North. This is on the same level as that of like. Every like from the basic concept of what this is is wrong, and everything that follows is more fucked up. Um, I don't know who made this, why it exists. I just remember the cast is actually pretty stacked in a lot of ways, and the story is insane. So insane in the membrane. Uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> I can't. This is probably the most aggressively creepy sexual movie that I've brought to the table ever and it mostly involves middle school kids. <laughs> so it's an anime. Okay. Um <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, All right. Now it's time wow. for the actual wheel. That that is why the the wheel kicks ass. That's why I love this thing. I'm about to make Chris watch Milk Money. I can't believe that. That's so fucked up. That's the, the greatest thing. We just, I'm so, I went through the rest of the night to get that, and I feel like I could stay up the rest of the night. That's, wow. That's the, curi- the curiosity wheel as it stands right now. Titan AE. The movie that killed Fox Animation. Yeah. Wanted. Hmm. Yep. 
Heart and Souls. Oh yeah, that's right. Heart and Souls. Talk like a man. Man. Spaceballs. Oh, oh. I know. <laughs> R- Ravenous. Yes, dude. Yes. Oh, dude, it's so interesting. It's it's a movie that I didn't think that Chris would want to see, and then I I thought about it, and I'm like, you know what? I think he really enjoys. It's because you brought up like an actor, a specific actor. You were like, I don't think I've ever seen this guy in anything good, and I was like, Ravenous. And you're like, what's Ravenous? And I went, you know what? I'm putting Ravenous. That was another whim. I'm telling you, man. It's about um, it's in it's in the 1800s. There's a guy. Um, he's in the war and civil war, and he Fever. watches it. Okay. He watches it. It slaughters. He plays dead, and then he gets put into a stack of bodies, pretending to be dead. He then drinks the blood of the people, and then gets like energized again. He gets their power, and then he's like saves what? the day, like wins. So he basically cannibalism Wait. is like vampirism in this movie. So, so he's played. No, well, here's the thing. He gets the, <laughs> the general goes back surviving this after like taking the other hostage taking hostage the other officers. He goes back to uh, home and they're like, "You're a coward. You you know played dead and then you did it." Like, You're we're, a coward. Like, so we're going to send you to a fort out in the middle of nowhere in like Colorado where it's like filled with snow and everything. So they send him out there and then while he's out there, he's like feeding for human blood and feeding for meat. He's like, got this weird hitchhiker. So, all of a sudden, a hitchhiker shows up, and then a war of cannibals starts to happen. And the whole movie's about cannibalism. And it's unbelievably funny (laughs) and weird. Awesome. And I think think Chris is going to like it. I think Chris is going to like it. Okay. So that's Ravenous. Pride and Prejudice. And And Zombies. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's all the curiosity wheel for sure the the dark crystal oh yeah he's never seen it i think you put it on there right or did i no, zach, zach did. did zach did yeah interstellar oh yeah nice yeah. book smart yeah very, i've been saving that for that wheel i know nothing about it princess mononoke Mm, that's a studio Ghibli, Ghibli, whatever you want to Ghibli, call it. Yes, that was me, I believe. That was yeah, that was me. I think that was me. Uh, Zach protested. He thought it was should have gone. He should have gone on the Goodwill. But I was like, I haven't seen it. Um, Bridge on the River Kwai. Me, baby. Surfs up. <laughs> Which means I gotta watch Surfs Up too. <laughs> it's a funny story behind that. Um, Gojira, 1954. Oh, Gojira. Yeah, Gojira. Um, The Core. On that episode. We got The Core. Dude, that was me, dude. I've always wanted to see this Armageddon ripoff. It's got a cast of, like, B-grade actors. They go to The Core to stop it, because if they don't, it'll blow up the Earth. It looks retarded. I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't say that, but it looks bad. It looks very bad. And finally, Singham. Sing. Oh yeah, that's right. That's the Bollywood. Bollywood. <laughs> oh, Bollywood. It's this Indian is, this is... Maverick Cop. 
Whoa. This is the curiosity reel wheel, right? This is the curiosity wheel. Okay. Yeah. What were so, like the first what were the first two again? Just like a refresher here. I'm Titan sorry. AE. Titan AE. And wanted. Okay. All so over the, the board. All over the, the first, board. The first two are 20th century Fox bombs. Okay, so besides those, what were the two after that? <laughs> oh god, come on. Dude, do no, come on, don't do this. Don't do I'm this. not I'm not, Just but start. tell me. Heart and Souls and Spaceballs. Spaceballs. That's the one that I was like, ooh. There was another one, but my... my a couple more. My... There's a couple more. There's, there's a couple in there. What are we going to get? <laughs> we have to watch V for Vendetta and then whatever this wheel gives us. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Chris, you could get two movies you've never seen in a row. True. Um, all right. Here we go, guys. You ready? Here we go. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. Three, two. What is a countdown, one. dude? Do I? What do I hold on to? Spin. Uh, uh. Oh, Interstellar. Interstellar was the one, wasn't it? That was the other one, right? Ooh. Ladies and gentlemen, the episode after V for Vendetta when Zach returns. Hashtag when Zach returns. The movie that we will be reviewing on the Maestro Movie <laughs> Podcast. Is Princess Mononoke? Ooh, nice! Wow. Okay. Finally, good luck, guys. <laughs> Peter, okay. thank you for joining us. <laughs> You're always welcome to come back and eventually become my, um, the Overlord here. Um, only in time. Only in time. Um, so there you go. We're watching Princess Mononoke. This has been sitting on my. Uh, a friend of mine loaned me this movie and I've been meaning to watch it, but like I haven't gotten to it, so now I must now get to it. Um, My HBO Max isn't working, so I'll have to rent it. So there you go, everyone. That's an episode down, so next time I will fight vigorously to get Zach back on, and if he can't do, sun- if he can't do Sundays, we'll just make him. Um... So, <laughs> yeah, there you have it, everyone. Everybody wow, go listen to a... the. Everybody go listen to the Real Butter Buttercast. Much funnier than mine. Um, uh, I don't know if it's. I don't know if I mean you. It's just a different. It's just a different vibe, man. You can't yeah. compare vibes like that, dude. Vibes are vibes. <laughs> Hashtag vibes are vibes. Um, <laughs> we will see you guys in the next. Okay, we will oh see God. you guys. In the next episode, um, are you sure you don't want to restart? I'm pretty sure. Say goodnight, guys. Okay. All right. I'm covered in fish oil. Good night. Hashtag release the Sony cut.